and other charities. Okay. Now, thank you very much. Uh, greetings to everyone. Recording in progress. Um, in, in keeping with our practice and, and, and tradition, I will now bow to, to my right and bow to my left. Uh, and having done so, uh, I will now request that uh, all delegates to observe a moment of, of, of silence for prayer uh, or meditation. Thank you very much. Uh, please allow me to remind delegates uh, that the rules apply uh, and so do the process for virtual uh, settings. Uh, honorable delegate, before we proceed, I would like to take this opportunity to remind you uh, of, the, of the following that the virtual sitting constitute a sitting of the National Council of, of, of Provinces, that delegates in the virtual sitting enjoy the same powers and privileges that apply in the sitting of the National Council of Provinces, that for the purpose of the quorum, all delegates in the virtual platform shall be considered to be present in the House that delegates must always switch on their videos, that delegates should ensure that the microphones on their gadgets are muted and must always remain muted unless uh, a member has a permission to, to speak, that the interpretation facility is active and that any delegate wishes to speak must use the raise uh, your hand function. Uh, recent function, and by now all members are familiar uh, with the recent function or, or icon. Having done that, uh, uh, honorable members, I will now go ahead and announce names of new, new delegates. Uh, so I take this opportunity now to announce that the uh, vacancies which occurred in the council owing to the designation of uh, Honorable T.B. Matibe uh, and the passing earlier on of uh, S. Infaela was replaced uh, by Kolani Nguezi uh, had been filled by appoint, 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 appointing or appointment of the, the following members. Uh, T.P. Mama, Mama Robella, uh, from Limpopo. Uh, so Mama Rubella becomes the Limpopo delegate and Honorable N.M. Hatter uh, uh, becomes uh, the KZN, Wazunatal delegate, uh, respectively. Uh, the Honorable members were sworn in uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the past week. Um, so we'll now move on then to Emotions. Uh, we'll start with the uh, uh, notices of, of, of mo motions. Um, I would now allow uh, an opportunity to delegates to give notice of motions. 
um, uh, any delegates wishes to give a notice of motion should raise the, the, their hands. Uh, maybe just for, for a reminder and emphasis, uh, it's one and a half minute per motion and a total of 20 minutes uh, uh, for the respective uh, motions. And if a delegate exceed time of one and a half minutes, uh, your notice uh, of a motion will be printed in full on the next uh, order, order paper. Any notices of motions, honorable members? We'll start with the uh, Honorable uh, George Michalakis. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, on behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby move that at its next sitting, this House debates the poor conditions of provincial roads. I so move. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable uh, Michalakis. Um, the next notice of motion come from uh, Honorable Mletsane from the EFF. Honorable Mletsane. Thank you, Chairperson. My apology for not be, being able to switch on my camera. I've got a problem of a network where I am. I rise on behalf of the Economic Freedom Fighters that the council debate at the next sitting, the issue of sewage villages which residents of Lijueliputsa local municipality are constantly being objected, uh, objected to. The, con the constant raw sewage spills are also problem in Mangaung, Mokaka, and Sitsoto municipality in the Free State province and pose a serious health hazard to residents who have had to endure these infrastructural shortcomings for more than a year. I so move. Thank you very much. Honorable uh, Nchabelen. Um, thanks, Chairperson. I hereby move on behalf of the African National Congress that in the next sitting in the House, uh, the House debate, um, the commitment of government to develop a new funding model uh, for students at institutions of higher, of higher learning, which will come into effect in the year 2023. The National Treasury said a ministerial task team has been set up to work on the model. I so move. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Nchabele. Uh, any other notice of, notice of motion? None. We'll then move on to motions without notice. Uh, honorable I members. Sorry. Oh, who's, who's speaking? We'll now move on to motions uh, without notice. Uh, the first hand is going to be that of, of Arnold. Honorable Arnold. Uh, thank you, House Chairperson. I rise on behalf of the economic freedom fighters that the council notes with concern the shockingly high rate of crime in South Africa as depicted by the latest quarterly statistics on crime, which were released this past Friday. Further notes that the statistics point to an 8.9% increase in murder in our country, 
as 6,859 people were murdered between October and December 2021. And that out of the 6,850 people killed, 902 of them were women. 352 were children and 232 were as a result of the domestic violence. Acknowledge that the Constitution of the Republic of South Africa under the Bill of Rights guarantee the right to life. Further acknowledge that the murder rate has been steadily increasing over the five-year period and does not seem to be affected by COVID-19 or the extended lockdown period. Recognize that there are also existing increase in violence in, in, in contact crimes together with uh, tax on property, car, and truck hijackings. Further recognize that the South African police services spend billions of rands each year without significantly enhancing public safety has instead failed our communi uh, communities as criminals triumph in South Africa, as our people are not safe anywhere in the country. We therefore call for, the pol for police reform, which must begin with a fearless assessment of the South African police service and its bloated leadership. I so moved. Thank you very much, Honorable Adults. Uh, is there any objection? None. The motion is therefore agreed to. Uh, uh, Honorable uh, Gillian. Honorable Gillian. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, Chairperson, I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that this house note with concern that the poor state of affairs at Kailitsa District Hospital, where the official bed capacity is 340, but which often sees about 446 patients, is far from being resolved. Further note that according to KDH Chief Executive Officer, Mr. David Binza, the hospital was seeing a strong growing burden of mental health conditions, while they are only one specialist in this area. Therefore, call on the provincial government to grant the 100 million rand that the hospital management and board had requested to improve service delivery. I so move, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Gillian. Is there any objection? None. Uh, and there being no objection, the motion is, is agreed to. Uh, next motion will come from uh, Honorable uh, Michalakis. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson. Chairperson, on behalf of the Democratic Alliance, I hereby wish to move that this council notes that Park Road Police Station in Bloemfontein, one of the province's largest police stations, has been partially dysfunctional since 27, when Public Works was planning on doing an upgrade at the facilities. Since then, at least three contractors have been appointed and dismissed due to poor performance, and the half-dismantled buildings are still not accessible to the SAPS to do their work. 
in excess of 48 million rand has also been paid to contractors for work not done and has also not been recovered. This whilst Park Road Police Station is the station with the fifth highest volume of serious crime reported in the country according to the latest crime statistics. That this House calls upon the relevant select committee dealing with public works to investigate this matter and to report back to the House. That we cannot allow poor administration to continue putting the lives of South Africans at risk. I so move. Thank you very much. Um, uh, any objection to the motion? None. Uh, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of Section 65 of the Constitution. Thank you very much. Uh, the next uh, speaker is going to be, next motion will come from uh, uh, Honorable Ndongeni. Uh, Honorable Ndongeni? Please note Mteto Chair. Thank you, Chair. Good afternoon. I hereby move without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that this House knows that the men accused of rape and murder of 37-year-old Bianca Matros was found guilty in both courts in the, in the George Circuit High Court. Further note that Patrick Muller was also charged with kidnapping and robbery with aggravating circumstances after Matros' body was found between concrete blocks at the open field of the George Wright Club on November 17 in 2019. Also note that it is also emerged that DNA sample found on Matros's board matched the DNA profile Muller, who will be sentenced on March 2022. Therefore, commend the police and the NPA for a job well done in ensuring that the murderer is found guilty for committing this hideous crime. I so move. Thank you very much, Reverend Dongen. Any objection to the motion? None. Uh, the motion is therefore agreed to uh, in terms of Section 65 of the, of the Constitution. Honorable Shaikh. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairman. Uh, I, I rise on behalf of the African National Congress that this August House notes with pride the successful foiling of an organized cash-in transit heist where the police met toe-to-toe -to -toe with armed criminals and the bravery and heroism of our men and women in blue. Therefore, we salute the South African police services for countering this deadly crime and further salute our intelligence services for the work in intercepting this crime. I so move. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much. Um... Any objection to the motion? Uh, none. The motion is therefore agreed to in terms of uh, section 65 uh, of the Constitution. Thank you very much, Honorable Nana. Honorable Nana. Thank you. I'm here, Chair. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. The Democratic Alliance, I hereby move a notice, a, a, a motion without notice that this council notes the reports of unsafe water for human consumption in a number of municipalities in the Eastern Cape. That this council notes that Buffalo City Metro 
has in the past few days issued warnings to residents to boil their water before consumption. Further, further notes that in Nelson Mandela Bay, water has not only been declared unfit for human consumption with the traces of the deadly E. coli bacteria, but has also claimed a life of a child with scores of other children in hospital. Notes, this, notes that this council sends condolences to the family of the deceased child and further urge both metros, the provincial departments of health and COCTA to take all necessary steps to correct the, to correct the situation. I so move. Well, thank you very much. An objection to the motion? None. And, and, and we'll therefore uh, have this motion as agreed to in terms of section 65 of the, of the constitution. Honorable Mtsamai. Uh, thank you, Honorable Chairperson. I raise on behalf of the economic freedom fighters that the council debate at the next sitting, the process of the housing allocation, the, the existing lack of transparency and ability by the municipality and provincial officials in how houses is allocated to the beneficiaries. Beneficiaries often apply for the housing qualify only to find that once the houses, houses are built, they are not allocated to the uh, rightful owners as is the case in the Ward 17, Kwama Caesar and Fuleni municipalities where, uh, where uh, hostels were renovated and beneficial not allocated till today. I so move. Thank you very much. Um, an objection to the motion? Uh, none. Uh, uh, the motion is therefore agreed to in terms of section 65 of the constitution. I must say it sounded more like a, a, a notice of a motion, but I'm sure uh, we'll move on. Uh, uh, these issues can, can always be examined uh, in some detail a bit later on. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable Mtetwa. Oh, thanks, Chair. I'm struggling on my gadget today. Um, Honorable Chair, allow me to raise a, um, a, 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 to raise without notice on behalf of the African National Congress that this House note with concern the increase, Chair, in the incidence of cash and transit test and reported in the national crime statistic. Equally, Chair, equally, Chair, Note with, with, with pride that the successful breakthrough made by the police against crime. Therefore, Chair, uh, I'm sorry, Chair. Yes, please proceed. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, Chair. I, 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 I made a, a wrong mistake here. I said I wanted to raise on behalf of the African National Congress that this case house not with concern, Chair, the emerging pattern of organized uh, grassroots protest against the um, employment of um, employment of the foreigner national by the local business. That at the core of this, Chair, 
protest is the competition for, for scarce resources, that if not controlled a guide, and guided, these protests can uh, deteriorate into violence and lawless. Chair, we want also in conclusion that the failure of coordinated and integrated leadership in addressing this challenge of migration by government has arisen to, to this protest. Therefore, I call on the peace and stability cluster and the cabinet level to speed up and design an integrated roadmap towards addressing the problem of migration in South Africa. I further call on African Union to expedite chair the framework for a regional integration. I so move, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, any objection to the motion? None. The motion is therefore agreed to uh, in terms of section 65 of the, of the Constitution. Um, any other motion uh, without notice? Um, none. Uh, we started with annals, so the, the hand should be lowered. Yeah. I guess. So I'll ask the table to lower the hand of the Honorable Annals. Thank you very much. Uh, we will then proceed, Honorable Members, uh, to the subject for, for debate and, uh, and, and, and discussion. Uh, uh, the, the, and, and this is printed on the, on the other paper, as indicated. Uh, this is the debate on mental health for all, uh, giving priority and greater access to mental, uh, mental health care for all. Uh, our first speaker is going to be Honorable uh, Dr. S. Domo, the Deputy Minister of Health, who will open the debate. Uh, Deputy Minister. Uh, Honorable Chairperson of the NCOP, Honorable Masondo, the Deputy Chairperson, Honorable Lucas, Honorable Ministers, Deputy Ministers present here today, Honorable Premiers and MECs of Health of various provinces, Honorable Chairperson of the Select Committee on Health and Social Services, Mayor Gillian, and members of this committee, Honorable Members of the, of the House, good afternoon. Let me start by actually conveying our apology on behalf of our Minister, Minister Dr. Pasha, who has delegated me to be in this debate because of other pressures in the department. We are here responding to a theme, mental health for all, giving priority and great access to mental health care for all. We know that in this topic, we have to do the streamlining the Department of Health in delivering a comprehensive response to mental health and I hope that my colleague MECs who are logged in here will also be able to expand on this topic. I've also noted the various topics that some of our colleagues are going to discuss, destigmatization, substance abuse, and harnessing human potential regarding economic opportunities. We want to start with the World Health Organization definition of mental health, where it states that one, I, I quote, a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or her own abilities can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully, and is able to make a contribution to his or her own community. This is based on the understanding that the World Health Organization puts this in their dictum that there is no health without mental health. And in the definition of health, which actually by, def 
by WHO again states that a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not mere the absence of disease or infirmity, which was therefore adopted in 1978 in a very powerful meeting in Alma Ata conference. Several efforts have been made to pay special attention to mental health. However, mental health conditions continue to be among the leading causes of, health, of ill health and disability worldwide. In South Africa, the latest estimates of the global burden disease, mental, neurological, and, and substance abuse conditions make up up to 18% of the total years of life with, uh, lived with disability. It is estimated that about one in three persons would suffer from a mental illness in their lifetime, whilst about 16.5% from a mental illness in 12 months period. This is an alarming picture in our country. Mental health conditions vary according to severity and impact. For example, anxiety disorders and major depressions are among the most common conditions, while schizophrenia and bipolar mood disorders are less prevalent, yet they pose the major disruptions to household and consume a significant social care and household economic resources. Depression in men can manifest through a risky behavior anger, aggression, agitation, and rage. It may also manifest through emotional withdrawal and hopelessness. This is where we need universally recognized standards in mental health case for men in our country. This will at the, time, at the same time address the scourge of gender-based, which becomes a byproduct of an abused and a mentally unstable man. Let's go back to the fundamentals of this matter. It is critical to remind ourselves that mental health conditions do not occur in isolation. People who experience physical illness often experience psychological and mental health difficulties. There are high levels of comorbidity with other health conditions such as HIV, non-communicable diseases, communicable diseases, maternal and child health, resulting in poor treatment outcomes. There is a substantive research evidence pointing out that linking people with HIV who are twice as likely to be depressed, while those with non-communicable disease are two to five times more likely to suffer from mental health conditions. This consequently impacts on adherence to medication and ultimately results in poor health outcomes, including mortality. Also, high levels of antenatal and postnatal depression significantly affects the, the mother-infant bonding and the development of children. This burden of mental health on health, social and economic system is so much unmeasurable. Mental health has multiple biological, psychological, and social determinants, which interact in a complex manner to either provide protection of mental health or increase the risk for development of mental illness. This shows that the combination of genetic vulnerability, childhood trauma, and adverse living conditions brought about by poverty may predispose a person to a major depressive episode. Literature provides detailed explanation on the relationship between poverty and mental illness as described as a vicious cycle. You will recall that in South Africa, these patterns have been exacerbated by our history of violence, trauma, exclusion, isolation, racial discrimination, including separation, such as migrant workers as detailed in the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report of 2000. 
Other causes of mental health problems are associated with genetics, biological and cultural risk factors. These include hereditary, hormonal imbalance, socioeconomic stressors, adversity, including early childhood adversity and neglect, gender-based violence, intrauterine adverse factors, migration and immigration, and the associated social isolation culture shock. Children and adolescents are not spurred from mental health difficulties. Research evidence showed that diagnosable mental health conditions affect 14% of this population, while suicides tragically claims lives up to 700,000 people every year, which equates to one person every 40 seconds universally. Furthermore, substance abuse, including alcohol, tobacco, and illicit drugs predispose people to increase risk for mental disorders, crime, violence, and injuries. All these are calling for a response that is commensurate to the mental health demand and need on the ground. The question remains, are mental health services accessible to the people who, who need them? The mental health treatment gap has been documented internationally and in our local context. About 70 to 95% of people with mental disorders in low and middle income countries are unable to access mental health services. The treatment gap has been further put on the spotlight by COVID-19, which further denied many people with mental illness the treatment they are entitled to and deserve. While it also increased pressure of many people as a result of isolation, loss of income, of all which led to the depression in some cases. The pandemic has eliminated the urgency of a global and population-wide approach to mental health care, treatment, and rehabilitation. Our country has not been spared from the drastic impact of COVID-19 on the mental well-being, on the mental well-being of our people. The pandemic has exacerbated the mental health challenges facing our country. The impact of COVID-19 on mental health services came through the inability of the health system to prioritize mental health services during the pandemic. It has further been associated with increased anxiety, loss, social isolation, increased food insecurity, poverty, and domestic violence and femicide, which are serious predisposing factors for mental illness. The pathology of COVID-19 is such that it has direct effects on the brain and cause a number of mental ill health symptoms, including anxiety, depression, psychosis, and cognitive impairments. Scholars have projected that numbers of, numbers of those requiring mental health services will substantially increase, and the demand for mental health and psychosocial support will be greater than ever. Worldwide, it is preempted that mental health systems will be overwhelmed and not cope with the demand for mental services due to COVID-19 pandemic impacts in societies. While the COVID-19 active cases are declining and the recovery rate seems to be promising, including the, take, the uptake of vaccines by South Africans, the physical, mental, and social economic impacts and distress on our people remain. This includes the mental well-being of health providers and frontline service providers across all levels of care. This is more critical as efforts are underway for reset, recovery, and recalibration of the health system so that it can address the fundamental services that we put in the back burner during the, the pandemic. 
it is evident that the cost of inaction are life last are life lasting and substantial, and that the magnitude of of mental health burden must be matched with the response and attention it demands and warrants. As we bear with physical effects of COVID-19, we should also be strengthening our mental health services to be able to deal with the potential increase in mental health problems because of the COVID-19 pandemic. We need to revisit the resourcing of mental health services. We know that perceived stigma, embarrassment of poor mental health literacy are key barriers to seeking help from mental health problems. While social support and encouragement from other aids, the helping behavior are very critical. We need to address the stigma associated with mental illness and strengthen interventions to educate the public and increase mental health literacy. We cannot, however, chairperson, and forget the life city many tragedies that we recently experienced in Gauteng province. Such events must never revisit us. We therefore need to improve mental health systems and improve them with speed. We have made major strides in implementing recommendations by the Human Rights Commission from their investigative hearings that were held in Gauteng Marathon project. At the same time, forensic mental health services and continue to plug the health system. The department is faced with accumulation of referrals for mental observation and state patients awaiting hospital admissions, languishing in correctional facilities. We have put a variety of interventions to address this area. Some of which include improved collaboration with stakeholders within the criminal justice system. Intersectoral collaboration on mental health is another critical aspect. It is apparent, however, Chair, that neither the state departments nor mental health civil society organizations are able to provide comprehensive mental health services as independent entities. We need a multi-sectoral mental health approach and stakeholders, including mental health care users, to coordinate and effectively address the service demands. Honorable Chairperson, we have a total of 279 community-based mental health NPOs that are licensed and funded by the provincial departments of health. We applaud the men and women in these facilities as they are providing a valuable service to our own who are unable to do much on themselves. The important role played by the NPOs in providing community-based mental health services cannot be overemphasized. Their interventions are multi-purpose and cost-effective in bridging the gap between the medical and social approaches to care which is central to the integrated and comprehensive community-based models of care that underpin the recovery approach. Most importantly, the NTO services are culture-sensitive and tailor-made to the context of local communities and cultures. Strategic partnerships with NGOs is pivotal towards attainment of a paradigm shift towards accessing biopsychosocial community-based mental health interventions. One of the recommendations of the health ombudsperson following the life city minute tragedy was that as a department, we need to review and strengthen the regulations on licensing and procedures for these facilities, that it must be adhered to and must be also in keeping with the laws governing the service. It is my pleasure to report, Chair, that the House, to this House, that we have developed these guidelines for licensing of these facilities in 2018 and now are in the final process of concluding the regulations. The health ombudsperson also recommended that the South African Human Rights Commission 
undertakes a systematic review of human rights compliance and possible violations nationally on mental health services. Chair President, honorable members, the reviews by the South African Human Rights Commission were undertaken in 2017 and the report was released in 2018. The report largely found gaps in mental health systems across all levels of health systems. These include among others, prolonged and systematic neglect of mental health at level of policy implementation, considerable underinvestment in mental health, barriers in access to mental health services, particularly in rural areas, lack of mental health infrastructure and human resource, the poor state of mental health services in the criminal justice, forensic and correctional services. Chairperson, I am pleased to report that we are, we are hard at work to ensure implementation of these recommendations in order to further strengthen our mental health systems. While much still needs to be done, we have at the same time made strides in the, implement, in the implementation of the National Mental Health Policy Framework and Strategic Plan 2013-2020. The outcomes include among the following, Chairperson one, collaboration with the University of Cape Town and the Medical Research Council to conduct a study to develop an investment case on mental health. We are in the process of developing a costed plan to implement the recommendations made in the report. This will improve the, the resourcing models and allocation of resources on the, key on the key strategic programs in the country. Number two, additional funding has been allocated by National Treasury for strategic purchasing of mental health and forensic mental health services through contracting of additional psychologists, psychiatrists, and registered counselors to complement the already available human resource capacity to render mental health services at primary health care and to reduce the backlog of forensic mental observation cases. By December 2021, 85 of these professionals have been appointed in provinces using this funding. We will be extending the professional category under this grant with social workers and occupational therapists in this financial year. Then, to improve integration of mental health into the, into the general health services environment, we have attached 40 psychiatric units in general hospitals. This will help us improve access to mental health services, contribute to the fight against stigma, improve efficiency in the utilization of resources and ensure that people are treated nearer to where they, are, where they live in their homes. Number four, Regarding capacity building on mental health, we have trained 1,660 medical doctors and professional nurses working in mental health facilities as part of the program initiated in 2019 to equip them with the skills on clinical management on mental disorders. Five, as part of the infrastructure revitalization, we are incrementally renovating dilapidated infrastructure for mental health and those that are not fit for purpose to render mental health services. This includes the plans to construct forensic mental observation units in Limpopo and Gauteng provinces. Number six, we have activated section 71 of the Mental Health Care Act of 2002 and established a ministerial advisory committee on mental health by regulations. This 19 member committee comprising of, ex of experts government departments and civil society representatives play a critical advice, advisory role in the area of mental health. 
This is one key intervention that is to enhance our governance and leadership in mental health. Number seven, in order to address substance abuse and its related public health consequences, the National Health Council approved a health sector drug master plan 2019. As you move towards those in uh, Deputy Minister. Okay, this document outlines strategic activities that were implemented to address the problem of substance abuse and its related public health and social consequences. I will continue, Honorable Chairperson, later on when I'm to actually close the report. There are but few points. Thank you very much for this opportunity. Thank you very much. The next, our next speaker is going to be Honorable M.N. Gillian. Honorable Gillian. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Deputy Chairperson, Honorable Deputy Minister Blomo, all Honorable MECs present in the House, all delegates, Honorable Members. Currently, we are living in societies where mental illness is prevalent amongst individuals, and it could be our loved ones, friends or colleagues. Recently, according to states, mental illnesses are leading factors to mental health disorders, amongst other problems in individuals in all their life aspects. It is home, school, and even in the workplace. The COVID-19 pandemic may have caused a possible rise in incidents associated with mental health issues which may have led to suicidal behaviors, attempts and ideation and actual suicide worldwide. Not only did the COVID-19 pandemic impact the economy of many countries worldwide, but it also had a huge impact on our mental well-being. The unpredictable consequences and uncertainty surrounding public safety, job security, quarantine and isolation, fake news and myths about COVID-19, particularly abounding in social media, may negatively impact an individual's mental health, causing depression, anxiety, phobia and traumatic stress. It has been established that around 90% of global suicides are individuals who suffer from depression. This has been summarily reported to have been occurring in the past epidemics and pandemics. Those suicides may not be the only result to mental illness. There are other contributing factors like bullying, working condition, and public shaming can also result in mental illness. And this requires serious attentions and need to be addressed at all levels that require partnership between the healthcare sector and other sectors like schools, nonprofit organizations, etc. Meaning the need for seamless links between mental and physical health care can be of great assistance in curbing and dealing with mental illness. It is noted that issues of mental illness can be related to the triple challenges of poverty, unemployment, and inequality, while trying to come up with strategies that can help 
curb the above mentioned challenges, mental illnesses becomes the priority. Honorable members, the 14th to 17th February 2022 was the Teen Suicide Prevention Week, not only in our country, but in the world. The WHO states that more than 800,000 people lose their lives by suicide a year worldwide. And teen suicide is particularly prevalent between the age group 10 to 19. The um, South African Federation for Mental Health states that in South Africa, 9.5% of teenage deaths are due to suicide. The shocking stats illustrate that there is much need and support that must be provided to assist everyone that is going through challenges of mental health illnesses. Chairperson, furthermore, dismantling the stigma surrounding mental illness is crucial. And, the, and this requires collaboration of government departments, parents, teachers, learners, and NPOs. Suicide is preventable, provided that help in the form of policies and interventions exist. This will also enhance awareness about how, through action, we can help support all people, especially young people who might be struggling. Over the past decade, calls to address the increasing burden of mental, neurological, and substance use disorders and to include mental health care as an essential comp component of UHC have attracted mounting interest from government. With the inclusion of mental health in the 2015 Sustainable Development Goals, there is now a global commitment to include mental health among the highest priorities for investment as a health, humanitarian, and development priority. Moreover, research reports have found that between 70 and 95% of people with mental disorders in low- and middle-income countries cannot obtain mental health service due to financial constraints. This includes South Africa, and we are far from the WHO guidelines in providing adequate mental health care. There is a huge gap to fill to redress the mental health illness to be accessible to all. Honorable members, the WHO Mental Health Atlas Initiative commenced in 2001. Our understanding of the health systems and ability to monitor progress towards the ambitious global mental health goals outlined in the SDGs has improved significantly, and yet significant gaps still exist. In 2019, the SAFMH reported that only three provinces out of nine provinces have child psychiatrists working in the public sector. These challenges are being addressed through the Department of Health in ensuring that mental health illness pro programs are available in our health care sectors. We commend the department 
under the leadership of Minister Joe Pasla in taking critical steps forward to strengthen the mental health system, including reforming the Mental Health Care Act 17 of 2002, <coughs> sorry, and the development of the South African National Mental Health Policy Framework and Strategic Plan 2013 to 2020. The policy framework and the strategic plan 2013-2020 identify key activities that are considered catalytic to further transforming mental health services in South Africa and ensuring that quality mental health services are accessible, equitable, comprehensive, and are integrated at all levels of the health system in line with WHO recommendation. The purpose of this policy is to give guidance to provinces for mental health promotion, prevention of mental illness, treatment and rehabilitation. The policy is intended to be comprehensive in its scope, addressing the full age range and covering all mental disorders, including comorbid, intellectual disability and substance use disorders. Chairperson, lastly, the tireless work done for the adoption of the NHI to promote equity in the health service delivery towards universal health care will help in ensuring that there are enough resources that will contribute towards rapidly responding to health challenges like mental health issues. Honorable members, infrastructure is a key pillar supporting the fundamental aim of promoting improved standards of care and well-being for all patients, together with a good experience of the health care system. In parallel, the health care system and staff must support elective health promotion prevention and self-care of the whole population. Subsequently, the department has made significant progress on the 21 mental health infrastructure projects in the different provinces. Out of 21 infrastructure pro projects, nine projects are complete and 12 pro projects are in progress. This is a huge achievement and good progress is forging a way forward to tackling the mental health care in our country. Research has illustrated the need to plan and strategize for solutions to mental health care issues. Mental health illnesses is prevalent in schools and workplaces, which ultimately has an impact on our daily lives in different ways. As government, we have various departments that can work together in nitty realistic solutions in developing our country and, the, and its people in its relation to mental health illnesses. We still have teachers and employers that have a very stereotypical view of issues related to mental health illness and the stigma attached to the condition. The Mental Health Care Act 17 of 2002 will help schools and workplaces preparing thorough, insightful and accessible plans
for all that is in need of it. The Act will assist in enhancing positive mental well-being and resilience for better development. Honourable Members, it is important to mention the importance mm -hmm. of collaboration in tackling the issue of mental health illnesses. The district development model was designed to ensure rapid service delivery. And it is now the time that the different departments, namely health, education, and social development, work together and merge the processes and procedures to eliminate hindrances to services related to mental health illness. Chairperson, let us use the act to ensure that we respond to the needs of all people in South Africa and create a mental wellness in all our spaces. I thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Honorable Gillian. Uh, our next speaker is going to be Honorable uh, uh, Ahmed. Honorable Barra. Masbulele Salo. Am I audible? Yes, you're audible. Thank you. Thank you. Honorable Chairperson, Honorable Minister, um, Deputy Minister, Honorable Members and fellow South Africans, good day. Chairperson, it is important to first express our sincere condolences on the passing of the South African mus musician Ricky Rick, namely Muswendrov Makadu. It is alleged that he suffered from depression and that may have led to his cause of death. However, that has not yet been confirmed. May his wonderful soul rest in eternal peace. Chairperson, the debate we are having today happens at a critical time in our country when we are confronted with high unemployment rate, especially amongst young people. It happens at a time when leaders of this society are trying to think deep as to what needs to be done to save our young people from crime, drugs, and focus on positive things in life. Let me zoom in on a few areas that are critically important as part of this debate. One of these areas or incidents is the horrific life as it many, which we must learn lessons from. Mental health is still the stepchild of health and remains underfunded and under-resourced. This is a reflection by Christine Mumalo, who lost her sister Virginia Magpella during this tragedy. Now, I'm sorry, Chair. She goes further to say, the worst came when we were told about the closure of the facilities. We received um, an SMS telling us that she has been moved and later received a call from Ethel Nube, the director of uh, Precious Angels, informing us of her passing. This is but one incident of many which had occurred within life as it many and how the citizenry of this country looks at, politi at politicians and government leaders. There's a clear call on both the national and provincial government to do a lot to protect and cater for mental health patients. With the COVID-19 pandemic, it is important to keep people informed on what is happening and the well-being of their loved ones kept in different institutions. Having said all the above, about 144 lives lost at life as it demanding, at the very least, someone must take responsibility for the lives lost. 
any discussion about the ills and what needs to be corrected in assisting our mentally ill persons can't start in abstract. It has to be drawn from the life as it many tragic events. More needs to be done to address mental health issues affecting young people. During the month of February, the world observes Teen Suicide Prevention Week. The focus is on adolescent and youth physically and mentally health challenges, as well as the extent to which COVID-19 pandemic increases mental health concerns amongst young people. According to reports, since the COVID-19 pandemic outbreak, the mental health of young people has deteriorated considerably with a rise in adolescent depression, anxiety, and self-harm. The, the pertinent question we must ask ourselves is how can we effectively assist and support young people with mental health challenges, particularly during COVID-19 in schools, universities, workplaces that have been disrupted for a while. We need to look thoroughly at the impact of COVID-19 amongst young and old South Africans. In that way, we'll be able to see as to what interventions need to be undertaken urgently so as to save lives and be a government that people are proud of. The Department of Health, Social Development and Basic Education must engage in an effort to run mental health awareness campaigns and make sure that counselors are available at schools in order to assist um, learners with these challenges. Data presented by the South African College of Applied Psychology suggests in one, one in six Africans suffer from um, depression. And, and that means that uh, some people with HIV have a comorbidity, which is mental disorder. 41% of pregnant women are depressed. This is an indication of how mental illness has been neglected by the health system. Depression, anxiety, and similar mental health challenges are complex. Sometimes even when people have support, they still struggle. There's a need for greater mental health awareness and access to affordable, effective services. The greatest pain with, with suicide is the pain left with those who are living behind. The government has to make sure that accessibility to mental institutions and assistance is effective and render services to those that require them. Our government has to assist in taking away the stigma on people who come forward needing help. Chairperson, I hope this is not just a debate, but an attempt to turn things around, an attempt to ensure that all South Africans are taken care of to avoid another life as a demand massacre. I thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Honorable Parker. The next speaker is going to Honorable M. Meth. Uh, Meth from uh, the Eastern Cape, MEC for Health. Uh, Honorable uh, Meth. Uh, National Council of Provinces, Chairperson, Honorable Masondo. Honorable Chairperson of the Select Committee on Health and Social Services, Honorable Gillian. Department of Health, Deputy Minister, Honorable Dr. Thomo. Allow me to greet all the honorable members of the House, and I say good afternoon to you all. Chapter 10 of the National Development Plan has outlined nine goals for the health system to be realized by 2030. 
All four is about the reduction of prevalence of non-communicable diseases, in particular the chronic diseases by 28%. All three of the sustainable development goals, which is about good health and well-being, emphasizes the importance of strengthening prevention and treatment of substance abuse, which contributes to mental health. Eastern Cape Department of Health is serious about mental health. To this end, we are strengthening mental health teams and we have established a provincial task team. Our five-year mid-term strategy framework eloquently articulates the state of mental health services and plans as follows. The infrastructure of psychiatric facilities has degenerated over time, and this is coupled with a bed shortage of 1,600 in the province. Mostly the beds are concentrated in the western part of the Eastern Cape province. And also due to read the demarcation, 320 beds of Mzimkulu Hospital moved to KwaZulu-Natal. The burden of disease has shown a radical increase of substance abuse in the province and the country thus increasing a need for social service and rehabilitation. There is a critical need of facilities offering rehabilitation services to augment the 91 beds available from public and civil sector. As part of strengthening the service, the National Department of Health appointed an administrator for mental health services to support the province. The service platform will be strengthened through implementation of community-based psychiatric services within primary health care, strengthening of 72-hour observation in the district hospital as well as focusing on acute and chronic inpatient management. There is a plan to increase acute beds in the eastern part of the eastern Cape province. During this term, the department will focus on strengthening the prevention of mental disorders, drug and alcohol abuse, and provision of sufficient resources of mental health. Community-based approach to rendering mental health care will be promoted seeking to strengthen access to appropriate services at the appropriate level of care. Addressing the inequalities of mental health care will be a focus area to ensure our most disadvantaged communities have access to 72-hour acute psychiatric care at designated facilities, as well as services that speak to the burden of mental disease. Mental health teams will be established. Mental illness associated with substance abuse is a public health concern and partnerships will be explored to render the relevant services to prevent and treat substance abuse effectively. Mental health has become an important public health matter globally and in our country, as we attempt to strengthen our health system and create resilient society where everybody is able to fulfill his or her potential. Mental health goes beyond a family or government issue. It's a societal issue that needs all of us. In an ideal world, would teach communities life skills and psychiatric skills so that they will not ostracize people with mental illnesses. Let's be the generation that bites the bullet and not only openly talk about mental health, but also join hands together and embrace those with mental challenges or disorders. In the Eastern Cape, we are hard at work ensuring that we continue to turn the tide and ensure that we continue prioritizing mental health services. We are working with NGOs that provide long-term care facilities for chronic mental care patients and halfway houses. We are currently filling vacant posts through specialists continued, though, I'm sorry, specialists continue living to join the private sector. We are doing our level best to give the best possible care. 
our purpose is strengthening community mental health uh, and ensuring that one, equitable access across the province to 72 hour mental health assessment units, two, safety of healthcare workers and patients while undergoing 72 hour assessment, three, to ensure adequate infrastructure, appropriate medication and appropriate knowledge and skills of healthcare workers. And lastly, adequate knowledge of the mental health care and the correct use of the Mental Health Care Act forms. Clear pathways for district hospital to specialized facilities are being mapped so that referrals can be escalated to relevant specialist care, while stable patients can be down referred to appropriate lower level of care. We are improving access to ongoing continuing professional development uh, activities for clinicians so that we can strengthen the clinical management of mental health conditions at district hospitals. Community and primary health care clinics also are also part of what we are doing. We will advocate outreach programs for specialized psychiatric facilities to support their surrounding district hospitals. In the sixth administration term of government, mental health and mental health services are receiving paramount responsiveness in the Eastern Cape. In ensuring that we keep track of this, we have established a provincial trust team of clinicians to drive the turnaround in endeavor to facilitate and coordinate the strengthening of mental health services and interface with the Office of the Health Ombudsman. Honorable members, we have covered some ground in providing mental health services in the province. Well, we have ensured that there are specialized hospitals for mental health care. We have appointed the specialists in child psychiatry at Nelson Mandela Academic Hospital. We'll be embarking on the renovation of Tower Psychiatric Hospital. We've concluded the refurbishment of the child psychiatry unit at Fort England. And we have appointed head of department in psychiatry at Fort England. We are also engaging stakeholders to promote community residential care and daycare services throughout the province. Community-based rehabilitation centers will be established at district level. Detection of management of child and adolescent mental disorder will be at primary health care. We will all establish halfway houses around the province to prepare integration of patients back to their communities. Department also has three review boards located in Kabecha, Komani, and Mtata. These review boards, which each have four members comprising of chairperson, a healthcare professional, a legal expert, and community member, are able to service the eastern, central, and western parts of our vast province. Honorable members, 42 of our facilities have been earmarked to offer psychological services. This will be even spread out throughout our eight districts. A lot has been said about our hospitals since the release of the report by Prof. Mahoba in 2018. We've also taken the recommendations of Ombudsman seriously and within available resources, we've appointed a contractor for the renovation of Tower Hospital and addressed the issue of social workers needing communication tools. The Mental Health Directorate at the Provincial Office has been created. Although we have been struggling to find a suitable candidate to occupy the positions uh, since the external advert process was not successful, we embarked on the internal process in an attempt to find and reassign a suitably qualified SMS member with appropriate skills and qualifications. Eastern Cape Department of Health will continue to pursue implementation of the rest of the Ombudsman's recommendations soonest. Between our six specialized hospitals and units for mental health, we have combined 1,432 beds 
at Elizabeth Tonkin, Port England, Komani Tower, East London Mental Health Unit, and Mutata Mental Health Unit. All what we are doing and planning to do is aimed at ensuring mental health is accessible for all and ensuring greater access to mental health care for all in the Eastern Cape province. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable MEC. We will then proceed to uh, uh, the MEC of Health, uh, Free State, uh, MEC TU. Uh, uh, let me just also take this opportunity to indicate that uh, after the MEC has spoken, uh, Honorable Winning Wenya uh, will take over and chair uh, or preside over the, 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 the sitting going forward. Uh, so without any uh, uh, waste of time, we'll move on to MECTU. MEC? Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Honorable Chairperson of the NCOP, the Honorable Minister for, or the Deputy Minister for Health, and the Honorable Members of the NCOP. Um, today, we are discussing the mental health for all, giving priority and the greater access uh, to mental health care for all. The Department of Health nationally has prioritized the mental health as it is the fifth burden of disease in the quintuple burden of diseases in both public and private healthcare systems. The, the Free State Department of Health provides comprehensive healthcare based on primary healthcare principles built around the district health system framework utilizing the health system government and accountability model. The provincial office and the fourth and the four district offices plus one metro within the municipal boundaries manage the healthcare in a widely distributed and appropriate health facilities with the support of the effective referral system. The referral system makes use of free commuter transport network to transport patients between the primary, the secondary, the tertiary, and central healthcare facilities. Most of the facilities are in satisfactory physical condition, upgraded and maintained within the limited budget allocations, and few new facilities are commissioned based on the community needs and available funds. The existing hospitals are regularly reviewed and upgraded under the hospital revitalization plan to meet the challenging needs of the communities. All facilities, some more than others, need further improvement in physical structure and equipment, especially uh, Chairperson, here we, we are talking about the seclusion rooms that are needed within our facilities for 72 hour observations. Some are, they don't really meet the standards of the healthcare system. A priority has been given to establish a fully functional mental health care directorate. Currently, personnel has been assigned as an acting senior manager, uh, community-based mental health services, adolescent and substance abuse, and support services. The vacant posts in the proposed structures of the mental health directorate, we are going to be prioritized in the financial year 2022 and 2023. There are two effective mental health care review boards uh, in the province. Uh, the other one serves the metro and the northern part of the free state, while the other one 
serves the east uh, the eastern uh, free state. The free state psychiatric complex is the only specialized psychiatric hospital that we have in free state. And it is designated in terms of the Mental Health Care Act 17 of 2002. It is also designated as Care and Rehabilitation Center for persons with severe and profound intellectual disabilities. Admission, care and observation services for persons referred by a court for psychiatric observations, as well as the treatment. Rehabilitation for state patients and mentally ill prisoners under the Criminal Procedures Amendment Act 65 of 2008. These are the services that are found in the, our free state, a psychiatric complex in the free state. We have an allocation of births for free state psychiatric complex as follows. The forensic unit has commissioned 144 births, but presently in use is 120. Observation unit, we have commissioned 20, presently in use is 15. Acute psychiatric is 68, uh, presently in use is 60. Long-term units is 120, uh, presently in use is 90. Psychogeriatric unit is 55 and 55 are in use. Care and rehabilitation units 470, 420 are in use. A total of 877 uh, beds are commissioned while we use uh, 760 at the moment. The child and uh, mental health care services, the outpatient mental health care treatment and rehabilitation services to children and adolescent services for users are also uh, found here in, in, in our psychiatric complex in Bloemfontein. Substance prevention and rehabilitation services, outpatient care, treatment and rehabilitation services of addicted persons to substance who are uh, treatment resistant are also helped here. These are the outpatients that are helped in our facility, this uh, psychiatric health complex that we have. Adult outpatient services, the outpatient care treatment and rehabilitation services of complicated or treatment resistant adult mentally ill service uh, users. The district support services, that is the outreach services that uh, are given to our, our peripheral uh, uh, healthcare services. Multidisciplinary team outreach to regional hospitals, some district hospitals, designated CHCs, and some uh, identified clinics. We have a 24-hour telephonic consultation that is licensed services, support of the district health uh, facilities in a form of telephonic consultation between the health professionals, that is would be the mental, uh, the medical practitioner in the community with the specialists at the FSPC, that is state psychiatric complex that would be in a form of psychiatrists. The contract appointment of clinical psychologists and registered counselors. We have uh, in, in our, in, our, our to in, in order to improve the access to quality services to all eligible people with mental health problems, we have uh, appointed a clinical psychologist and registered counselors. And which these these people also assist us, us in in trying to to deal with the psychosocial uh, problems, especially at the time of COVID, where many people were affected mentally because of the infection of COVID and also the quarantine uh, period. The Buitumelo Regional Hospital 
has 47. Uh, this we've got two regional hospitals which we have com- where we have commissioned beds for inpatients. That is Bujumela Regional Hospital and Mufmari Manapumupedi in Kwaku. The Bujumela has 47 commissioned beds and uh, Manapa has 30 commissioned beds. Uh, this, the services that are provided here we pro- is provision for inpatient care to voluntary assisted and involuntary patients. The 72-hour assessment, the emergency and further involuntary care, the treatment and rehabilitation, providing designated detoxif- detoxification sites for the substance abusers, provision of secondary level outpatient services, a preferral of complicated and treatment-resistant cases to tertiary level. The down referral with, the, with proposed management plan of patients that may be managed at primary level. Provision of support to the district hospitals in fulfilling their responsibility in terms of mental health care through the structured outreach program and telephonic consultation services. Because there, there, there is a, a research that was done that the, mentally, uh, the mental health care users, it is indeed helpful if you treat them together with the family so that the family I accept uh, the, the mental health care users easily. They don't really uh, neglect them. The 29 facilities listed, uh, uh, we've got 29 facilities that deal with the 72-hour assessment. And here the services that are provided is that it is in an, in an outpatient care and treatment of patients managed at the primary health care, provision of 72-hour assessment, referral of compli- complicated uh, treatment and resistant patient to secondary level services. Support to this clinic in fulfilling their functions in terms of mental health care and the implementation of patient management plan prescribed by the practitioners. The community mental health care services. We've got 16 compliant NGOs that are registered with the Department of Social Development, the NPO, and are licensed by the Department of Health to take care of our mental health care users. Provision of residential accommodation and community-based services to 17 psychogeriatric and 15 adult mental health care users. Monitoring and support visits to the above mentioned NGOs providing, this is what the department does, we monitor and support visits to uh, above mentioned NGOs providing as you conclude, honorable member, as okay. you conclude, and as I conclude, yes, uh, providing a psychogeriatric and adult community-based mental health care services is done yearly according to the Mental Health Care Act number 17 of 2002. We believe that we, we there's still more that needs to be done for the mental health care patients. As we have seen that it is indeed one of the of the uh, burden of the diseases, and now that we are already seeing the many of our people uh, committing suicide, this is one of the things that we really are going in this financially going to focus uh, on it and to work very hard in order to help our people to deal with their problems without really thinking of suicide as the only way out. Thank you. Thanks very much, honorable member. Uh, honorable members, I'll continue with the speakers list. Before, I would like to welcome our two members that have joined us in the NCP, 
You are welcome, Honorable um, Mama Rabel and uh, Honorable Hatebe uh, Pungan. Honorable members, the next speaker is Honorable Christians. Honorable Christian. Thank you, House Chairperson. Honorable House Chairperson, Honorable Deputy Minister, Honorable Members and fellow South Africans, good afternoon. Mental health is being treated as an insignificant part of the health sector in South Africa. And sadly, this has been to the detriment of those who live with mental illnesses. This irreverence towards mental health is reflected in the lack of investment and limited government contribution to mental health. Last week was Teen Suicide Prevention Week, emphasizing the severity and concern for mental health challenges facing our youth. Statistics show that suicide is the second most common cause of death among people aged 15 to 29. The youth in South Africa is especially susceptible to mental health challenges because of the many social issues plaguing the country. Also noting that 9% of all teen deaths are due to suicide. 59.5% of youth in the country are unemployed. And research predicts that the risk of suicide in the unemployed is elevated by 20 to 30%. This is further exacerbated by the fact that only three of the nine provinces at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic had child psychiatrists working in the public sector. Additionally, schools in South Africa are no longer a safe space for our children as they face further threats to their mental health by being called derogatory names, face fears of assault, bullying, and exclusions from activities by their peers. It is therefore a huge concern that there are limited youth-friendly mental health care and services in the country where the youth are overwhelmed by so many difficulties. People are stressed, anxious and grieving. Suicides have escalated and it is imperative that depression is treated with love, compassion and appropriate intervention. Lockdowns and subsequent losses where the personal or financial have amplified depression. In a severely unequal society like South Africa, the virus exposed existing healthcare, mental healthcare services, as well as the shocking public health crisis in the country. This raises the critical question, who does the responsibility fall on to remedy the lack of counseling resources in the country? Research shows that prior to the pandemic, one in six South Africans already suffered from anxiety, depression, or a substance use disorder, with 60% of people possibly dealing with post-traumatic stress. However, just 27% of South Africans with severe mental disorders receive treatment. The same paper reflected that in 2019, just 5% of the national health budget goes to mental health and only 50% of public hospitals with mental health services actually have a psychiatrist. To add fuel to the flames, it is estimated that when crime and motor vehicle accidents are taken into consideration, up to 6 million citizens in the country suffer from stress-related disorders. The truth is that people don't know where to get help or are too scared to seek it. And with the limited statistics, it is clear that the state of the country's mental well-being is in severe crisis. The South African Depression Anxiety Group claims that less than 16% of sufferers receive treatment for mental illnesses. 
And although over 85% of these patients are dependent on public health sector services, there are only 18 beds for every 100,000 people available in such hospitals. And only 1% of these are reserved for children and adolescents. It is no secret that only a minority of gender-based violent cases are reported. This includes the incompetent and unjust handling of gender-based violence cases in public, in the justice system, as well as abuse and harassment of survivors by perpetrators. This further marginalizes women and children, increasing their susceptibility to mental health problems. Once again, leaving the most vulnerable women and children at the mercy of an ailing health system. The responsibility that falls to community health providers when it comes to dealing with mental illness is huge. And the lack of a sustainable funding model for mental health perpetuates the lack of mental health services. As there is no clear source of funding for the implementation of policies and plans. This is an indication of the lack of empathy for mentally ill people and exposes the inadequacy and paucity of mental health care services in the country. Mental health requires a focused, assertive response by government and services should be at the forefront of this task. Access to mental health facilities should be prioritized. Government should ensure that facilities and mental health practitioners are adequately equipped. Employ more psychologists at strategic points, such as hospitals, clinics, and schools. Place the hundreds of social workers who to date have not been employed so well, that communities can be alerted, places reported times, and help given to those who need it. Mental health needs to be integrated into the school curriculum with emphasis on bullying and safety. Mental health is something we should work on continuously as part of our regular health routine. The more we talk about mental health, the more we will see it being made a priority in our workplaces, our communities, and our lives. Thank you. Thanks very much, honorable member. Honorable members, the next speaker is honorable um, House, House, uh, Honorable Houting MEC of for Health, Honorable Mohit. Honorable Mohiti. Thank you very much, uh, Honorable House Chairperson, Honorable Winningwenya, the Chairperson of the NCOP, Honorable Masonto. Deputy Chairperson of the NCOP, Honorable Lucas, Deputy Minister, Honorable Dr. Lomo, MECs present here, Honorable Members of the House, Distinguished Guests, Fellow South Africans, Sanbonan. Good health is a significant precondition for sustainable development of society and mental health is a key aspect that hinges on human health in general, mental health comprises of various mental conditions. It includes social, psychosocial, and emotional well-being. It also affects the manner in which we think, we act, and the manner in which we feel. Mental health assists to determine how we handle depression, how we relate to other people, and the way we make individual choices. It is an important feature at every stage of human existence, from childhood 
adolescent, and throughout adulthood. The World Health Organization have previously published various reports indicating that throughout the world, people are affected by mental health disorders at every alarming, at a very alarming proportion. The reports further illustrate that mental health condition and psychoactive substance-related disorders are highly pre uh, prevalent and are the main contributors to disability, morbidity, and premature mortality. Although in many instances, investment is a uh, investment in suitable and evidence-based treatment remains extremely limited and many people experiencing mental health conditions suffer grave human rights violation, stigma, and persistent discrimination. In recent years, there has been growing concession regarding the essential role mental health plays in attaining global development goals, and this will this is well articulated by the UN Sustainable Development Goals of 2019. Honorable members, the advent of COVID-19 global outbreak almost two years ago has intensified the risk factors commonly related with poor mental health attributed to unemployment, financial insecurity, anxiety, and depression amongst others. This has resulted to an unprecedented worsening cases of mental health challenges in our communities. While the novel coronavirus affected South Africans in general, the poor suffered severely as a result of poverty, unemployment, and structural socioeconomic inequality. In light of the above, Houghton Department of Health has been preoccupied with the provision of efficient mental health services through giving priority and maximizing access to mental health facilities. The unfortunate circumstances that led to the life many tragedy will always be used as a deterrence and a constant reminder to treat mental health issues as an apex priority. Subsequently, the Houghton Department of Health established a task team called Mental Health Technical Advisory Committee to provide guidance regarding the implementation of the Health Ombuds recommendations and to develop a mental health recovery plan. In, according to um, uh, that plan, Houghton Province Mental Health Strategy and Action Plan 2019-2023 was developed and it made strong emphasis on making mental health care broadly accessible. The plan also incorporated a strategy to reinforce district mental health services to successfully provide community-based care for people with various types of mental health conditions. This is a consistent, uh, this is consistent with the international human rights and South African legislative framework and policy directive. Similarly, the strategy involved an organogram with three new human resource teams incorporated into the district health system. These are teams with high level of assignments. The first one is a district specialist mental health team tasked to develop a public mental health approach. The second team is a clinical community psychiatric team for services delivery within the primary healthcare level. And the third one is a team to support non-governmental organizations with governance and compliance matters, including the support of community-based mental health care needs. Three 
district-based mental health teams also work with hospital, primary health care or clinics, NGOs, non-health, governmental uh, sector, and multiple community-based stakeholders whose mandate is to provide preventive and international mental health care. They also provide effective collaborative and supportive interactions with every stakeholder in the mental health fraternity. Henceforth, as Houghton Department of Health, we now have a community mental health services that involve mental health promotion, which is a patient-centered and recovery-oriented therapeutic services that fosters integrated physical and mental health care. In addition, we ensure that we direct substantial resources within the limitation of allocated budget in order to strengthen all levels of care. The Houghton Department intends to, to continue to uphold our constitutional obligations, including the United Nations principles for the protection of persons with mental illness and the improvement of mental health care. The Houghton Department of Health is currently in the process of strengthening the mental health care directorate, which is a key champion for oversight and support of the implementation of the Houghton Province Mental Health Strategy and Action Plan 2019-2023, which is a key outcome of the recommendations of the Health Ombuds post the life many tragedy. As part of the department, the remain committed, we remain committed to render a quality mental Healthcare. Thank you. We have prioritized the key areas that are catalyst in ensuring that we transform the manner in which we provide services. The following are our in infrastructural facilities to continue to improve access to mental health care for all members of the community. Four central hospitals, Charlotte Matreke at 50% functionality, the three tertiary hospitals, four specialized mental health care hospitals, 25 hospitals, regional and district hospitals, plus 300 clinics in inclusive of uh, 34 CACs. We are also mindful that there are uh, in short members of our communities that have access to various mental health care facilities in, in the private sector. Our long-term vision is to ensure that quality public mental health services are accessible, comprehensive, equitable, and integrated at various levels of health care system as guided by the National Health Act 61 of 2003 and the Mental Health Care Amended Act 12 of 2014 and all applicable regulations, including sustainable development goals from the World Health Organization. This is a compatible with the ongoing programs with the broader healthcare transformation process currently being implemented in our country. This includes the processes of implementation of national health insurance, um, restructuring and enhancement of primary health care, human resource development and infrastructure revitalization for healthcare. Honorable members, we remain faced with historical challenges that continue to torment our society. This includes persistent and extreme levels of mental disorders associated with social elements such as 
unemployment, poverty, substance abuse, violence, and other hardships that increase exposure to individuals to distressing mental conditions. For us to achieve the mental well-being of all individuals in our society, there must be a collaborative effort from all sectors, including political, socio-economic, health spheres, civil society organization, educational sector, and faith-based organizations in order to implement a positive intersectoral uh, intervention program to address the lingering social anomalies. Mental health care and wellness is a responsibility for all of us in the interest of wellness of every community in Gauteng and South Africa in general. As Gauteng Department of Health, our aspiration is to create a conducive environment for a long and healthy life of our citizens. We are engaged in the health expedition to successfully reduce extensive burden of untreated mental health disorders. We must reach good and reasonable levels of mental health care wellness for all citizens in the interest of the safety, survival, and recovery from COVID-19 impact. As I conclude, Honorable House Chairperson, the attainment of decent mental health in our society has prospects of contributing sustainability to social and economic development. We need to treat this pertinent subject with the kind of agency it deserves. While we're still fighting to uh, restrain COVID-19 global pandemic, we must not lose track with other health priorities um, areas, which over and above the pandemic, we must leverage to improve the healthcare outcomes. The Houghton Department of Health remains steadfast in our obligation to transform, improve, and sustain the access to quality health to quality mental health care provision for all citizens in the Houghton province and uh, the country, because uh, Honorable House Chair were also as Houghton servicing uh, other uh, patients from other uh, provinces and in the SADC region. I thank you. Thanks very much, uh, MEC Mukherjee. Uh, the next uh, speaker is Honorable Ndongeni, ANC. Honorable Ndongeni. Thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Chairperson of the Council, Deputy Chairperson, Deputy Minister of Health, all MECs in the platform. Stalgali representatives, HIFWIP, members of the council, fellow South African, Rice and substance abuse are a major social ill, which has resulted in many South Africans' lives being distracted. The state of our security system as a national, as, as a nation, has a pivotal role to play in fighting this deadly scourge of drug abuse. The fact that drug trafficking in our country and the fact that our policy-based drug-making labs show the prevalence of drug in our communities. Drugs have led to a lot of pain for families and communities. These drugs are making their way to our schools, which is also alarming. Another concern phenomenon is the abuse of alcohol, which has become prevalent amongst the youth. Alcohol and drug abuse are not only harmful at the level of one life, 
but also has a negative impact on one's health. As a nation, we need to ask ourselves critical questions on this coach, on this coach, which also a contributor to mental health, depression, and other socioeconomic deprivations, which the majority of youth and marginalized South African experience. This also contributed to the suicidal thoughts and violence in the society. The problem of drug abuse and substance abuse is not based on the race, class, or gender, but it cuts across. It is also important to note that despite it being a broad societal problem, it has more gross implication for the poor. As a society, we should also assess whether we are assisting users of drugs in addressing substance abuse, or when we have knowledge of drug dealers who are destroying the youth crystal meth and dinyaupi, we cannot be silent. Normalizing drug trade and not addressing this challenge as a community will further exacerbate the prevalence of substance abuse in our society. Children are largely influenced to start consuming alcohol or drugs based on observation, which can be within the family or in the community or through being peer pressure by friends. Social media and other media platforms are also another key social influencer, which normalize abuse of alcohol and drugs through projecting them as fashionable and also due to the influence of celebrities. Alcohol consumption and association problems vary widely, and the burden of alcohol-related disease and death is significant in most countries. It is thus imperative that we ensure that government working with civil society should continuously create awareness on the danger of substance abuse and their impact on mental health. The expansion of awareness companies from the security cluster, social development and department of health, the department of communications, the department of sports, arts and culture, the Department of Education and the Department of Higher Education should develop a coherent and cogent plan which draws from the various capabilities of the departments to fight this scourge of substance abuse. The Department of Communication through its communication entities such as the SAPC should be able to develop media content which continuously campaign against the abuse of alcohol and the use of their drugs. Through TV and radio, and the social media platforms and developing a framework for content creators, government can surely begin to create much needed awareness for a positive influence to the people of South Africa. The Department of Basic Education and Higher Education is also a major component of socialization. And it is therefore imperative that the education curriculum and schools and campus awareness programs always create the awareness on the destructive impact of alcohol abuse and drug use. As much as we condemn abuse of substance, it is critical that society, family, friends, religious leaders, and civil society extend their hand to help South, African, South Africans who have become addicted to alcohol and drugs to stop abusing substance and refer the counseling and rehabilitation service within their communities on or their nearest habilitation centers. This is a major societal task, or if we are to reverse the 
growing incidence of the mental health, which also contributes in inducing criminal behavior, depending on the context. Rehabilitation is one among the interventions which we need, we need to create more awareness in our communities to normalize them so that they are not stigmatized. Honorable members, our task working with the people should be answering and acting on the question of how we can create drug and substance-free society through sports, creational activities, and educational and work opportunities. The Department of Sports and Arts and Culture plays a critical role in ensuring that the youth do not have time to loiter in the street, but to be involved and engage in sport. Those with creative skills, the department should be able to expand its support to artists at the ground level. The Department of Police are one of the critical levers which should have a specific focus on drug trafficking in our country because it is a casual factor for many of the social ills which we experience in our society and mental health challenges faced by many. We need to strengthen the fight on new, on now sites of drugs trade working with our people. The community policing forum should also focus on fighting drugs trade. The implementation of the National Drug Master Plan is a critical in the fight against drugs. The National Drug Master in a country strategic document to guide stakeholders on measures to combat alcohol and other substance of abuse in the country. South Africa has adopted a drastic change in addressing in approach to drug policy. Government has embarked, embarked on evidence-based public health and social justice principle. The following drugs are popular in South Africa, alcohol, cannabis, tobacco, white pipe, and nyaube, stroke wound. It's important for South Africans to understand this fact that addiction is a disease that affects the brain and behavior to assist us to understand drug use and the appropriate response. Addiction is defined as a chronic relapsing brain, brain disease characterized by compuls compulsive substance seeking. Despite the harmful consequences, repeated use of drugs can change the structure of the brain over time. Change the way the cells normal function, send, receive, and process information. Government remain resolved to tackle the scourge of alcohol and substance abuse in South Africa in this regard. The Department of Social Development established the Center Drug Authorities, a multi-sectoral form, a multi-sectoral forum for tackling the scourge of alcohol and substance abuse. The evaluation report of the implementation of the National Drug Master Plan reflects that the low financial allocation for the CDA is a weakness on the impact of CDA should have a relation to implementing the National Drug Master Plan. Mental health impact is not irreversible, but can be addressed depend on the, its nature. We need to continue mobilizing our society to protect our communities children and youth from this type of abuse of substance as it has a direct impact on their mental health. I thank you, Chairperson. Thanks very much, Honorable Ndongeni. The next is speaker is Honorable Lutuli, EFF. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Chairperson. 
Yes, ma'am. Okay. Mbingelewo kumunto kon. Mbingelewo kumunto Africa. Abadaba nogo kulongo wengondo. Mapato sengas abasiona ingwanyi zimpilo. Loko owenza zimpilo zabo zibese mpini. Under the COVID-19 lockdown period, South Africa's mental health has worsened as lockdown has proved to be a devastating time for our country. Shalo is not a big one. Ugo Kubera will look down when Zekwaba, Nogunga Shali Segi, I think, and Mayogunga be corner, where Zindao is a nele, Zalabo Abapil and Sifosokulango Wengmond. Ours is a society which is experiencing increased level of gender based violence and femicide. The past year alone, our country. Our country experienced unprecedented level of poverty and in and inequality as the unemployment rate rises with every quarter. The lack of hope for our future uh, causes anxiety among our, our youth. Protest marches and civil unrest have become an every everyday lived reality of our people. Our current uh, social economic issues and political unrest are enough reasons for increased level of stress and anxiety in South Africa. We live, we live with an ever-present fear of crime, trauma, and violence. There is a lot to bear, Chairperson, and it can be crippled for our mental health and well-being. Our people are being diagnosed with depression as they are impacted by the pandemic on daily basis both directly and indirectly. Our people are stressed. They are anxious and grieving as a result of everyday challenges, which they are forced to live under. And research shows a direct link between depression and suicide. With, while there exist many reasons um, for South Africans to be experiencing a decline in their mental health, they are there are not enough affordable healthcare solutions to help those in need. In South Africa, there exists lack of resources in the mental health sector. Resources required to deliver mental health services are inadequate, particularly those dealing with child and adolescent mental health services. We are faced with a shortage of mental health practitioners and there is a need for additional training, so much so that the burden of mental health care is placed mainly on the shoulders of community-based providers in clinic. Support groups and counselors are, are having to step in and intervene in situations where institutionalized help is not available. A misdiagnosed and possible relapse of a mental illness. The situation is much worse in rural areas where there exist no mental institutions. Stigma and discrimination against people living with mental illness is widespread, which poses a major stumbling block to treatment. Many of our mental ill are roaming the streets. The black uh, communities have, the, the black communities, they exist a lack of awareness of mental illness. Mental illness is not viewed as a real illness. 
and at times suffers a discrimination against and they are being disowned by their own their own families or even fired from work should they admit to have a problem. People with mental health problems are often exposed to gross human rights violation, severe dis- discrimination and inadequate housing and nutrition. So much so that when an elder woman experiences mental episode, they are often called names and accused of witchcraft. And against At institutional level too, gross inhumanity towards people with mental illness or cares. The life as a demand tragedy bears testimony to the lack of empathy for mentally ill people and the and the neglect of mental health services. Due to the cruel and inhuman decision of the Health and Department of Health, 144 patients with mental health problems died in un- undignified uh, conditions. Over 1,400 surviving patients were exposed to torture, trauma, and severe violation of their human rights. This all because mental health care patients were referred were referred from a state facility to unregistered and unsuitable non-governmental hospital. The life as a demanding tragedy was, was, an, was an avoidable uh, tragedy, which will always stand as a testimony uh, of the way in which our government treats the most vulnerable of our people. There is still a long way to go to improve access to quality mental health care. The COVID-19 pandemic laid bare existing mental health care service gap and the crisis that is our public health system. There still exists a need um, to develop appropriate mental health uh, policies and laws, but also the actual implementation of such policies. Mental health needs to be at the center of police framework and national strategy. A budget priorities of a provincial level still stands a key barrier. There is a need for improved financial investment at a local level in order to increase access to mental health. Medical and non-medical interventions are needed in order to strengthen our health system so as to address the large treatment gap for mental disorders. Mental health literacy needs to be made a priority. We need to eliminate stigma associated uh, with mental uh, health and promote a culture of acceptance. However, this has proven difficulties to achieve under the leadership of the ruling party, as they lack, as as there is a lack of leadership required to undertake this simple task. Instead, inequality, crime, gender-based violence, and the neglect and the neglect of our most uh, vulnerable in society thrive on the, on the back of corrupt and mismanagement. The ruling party has demonstrated that they have no clear strategy to deal with the mental health. I thank you. Thanks very much, uh, Honorable Mituli. The next speaker is Honorable S. Matota. Northwest MEC. Alibongwe. Honorable Matota. I'm not Honorable Matota. I'm Honorable Sambata. It's M Sambata, not S Matota. 
Thank you very much, Chairperson. Oh, no, sorry, 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 MEC. It's a mistake. Thank you, Honorable S. My daughter, it's a mistake, Chair. I'm sure now we go need. Yes, we go need, Chairperson. Chairperson, Deputy Minister of Health, members of NCOP. Chair of Select Committee on Health and my colleagues, MECs, and everybody. Thank you very much for this opportunity. The World Health Organization concedes that there has been increasing acknowledgement of important role mental health plays in achieving global uh, developmental goals. As illustrated by the inclusion of mental health in the sustainable development goals, as I said, this calls for member states, including our country and provinces, to seriously, to seriously uh, engage on impactful programs to deal with mental health challenges. That is why it is important to commend the NCOP for heightening the, the mental health program, putting it in the debate of today. A democratic government led by the African National Congress saw it befitting to correct the state of mental health in the country, which was in adverse state pre-94. It is well documented, <clears throat> Honorable Chair, that pre-94 mental health services were primarily, were primarily uh, disintegrated and alienated from the broader healthcare system of the country. South Africa therefore made a program paradigm shift to integrate mental services into mainstream health sector. The theme which guides the debate, namely mental health for all, giving priority and greater access to mental health care for all, is a measuring stick by which we can establish how far we have come in ensuring that our communities have access to mental health. While, while much has been achieved, there are still many challenges that need to be tackled in order to realize the vision contained in this theme. One of the indicators under the objectives of universal health coverage through National Health Insurance Fund is mental health visits to health facilities for persons 18 years and older. In this case, the Northwest province has seen 95,582 persons during 2020-2021 cycle. The majority of these people, 36,180, are in Wujanara district, followed by Dr. Kenneth Kaunda, uh, Dr. Nagamudiri uh, Mulema and Dr. Ruth. For persons under 18 honorable chair, the province's facilities, facilities have seen 9,724 people. In this age category, Dr. Kenneth Kaunda is leading with 4,673, followed by Bujanala 2,990, Nagamudiri Mulema 1,526, Dr. Ruth. 535. The province also recorded a total of 408 mental health involuntary admissions during the same period. 
Mental health services in the province are provided in line with the Mental Health Act number 17 of 2002 and its regulations, as well as National Mental Health Policy Framework and Strategic Plan 2013-2020 and other relevant policy perspectives. The province has two specialized mental hospitals, Honorable Chair, against the target of two. These are Bupilo Provincial Psychiatric Hospital, Veteran Hospital. We also have two designated mental health units in general hospitals against a target of two. These are Taung District Hospital, Job Shimankane Provincial Hospital, as part of broadening access. Sepong Hospital and Mafikeng Provincial Hospital have provisions for 72-hour observation. The Northwest Department of Health issues licenses to private hospitals to render inpatient mental health services. These are currently private facilities are Beethoven Private Hospital, Multicare Hospital in Port, Patmed Hospital in Clegstop, Hadelopili Wellness Center in Mahikeng. The province has also achieved the target of rehabilitation centers for substance abuse which are three, and they are in J.B. Marks Rehabilitation Center in Port, Social Development Center in Sun Park Private Rehabilitation Center in Clegstop, White House Rehabilitation in Rustenburg. Mental health services are integrated into the primary care services. We have ensured that primary care services for mental care health are provided as an integral primary health care in all 18 sub-districts of the province. The services at this level entails visit from patients who are either who are either discharged from hospitals to community care or initiated on treatment within primary health care. In terms of bed distribution by specialty, at Vedrand Hospital, we have a total of 982 beds with 851 used. For Bupilong, we have 340, 384 beds with 234 in use. Designated units, honorable chairperson, in general hospitals account for a total of 80 beds, which at the 72 observation units account for 76 in total. The province has quality assurance mechanism for mental health. We for mental health in all designated licensed facilities, including hospitals. The province has two mental health review boards, which are appointed according to the Mental Health Act requirements. The boards are composed of four persons that include a legal person, a mental, two mental health care practitioners, and one community member. The review boards contribute to the quality service provided by reviewing documents and records conducting oversight on mental health facilities across the province. The Provincial Intersectoral Committee was established in October 2019, led by the Department of Health and consisting of the following departments, Social Development, Education, Correctional Service, South African Police Service, and the Justice and Constitutional Development. Infrastructure. Infrastructure remains the challenge 
Is my time up, Jen? No, it's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, <laughs> it's not. Okay. Jen. Infrastructure. Thank you very much. Infrastructure remains a challenge and limiting factor in increasing number of beds. However, there's a plan in place for this. The designated 72-hour facilities have been prioritized for maintenance and refurbishment, and they include Taung District Hospital, Kletstop Tsepong, Witikong, and Job Shimangane Tabana Hospital. Plans are underway to increase capacity of Pilong Psychiatric Hospital beds, patients-related factors like non-compliance to treatment aggravated by poor family support remains a challenge. The department, the department remains committed to the strengthening community-based mental health in the next financial year. The mental health human resources challenge is largely a result of difficulty to recruit and retain psychiatrists and psychologists and register registered counselors are in demand across the country due to the rural nature of our province. The department, however, continues to work in collaboration with training institutions in order to address this challenge. I appreciate our collaboration with various stakeholders, and I believe that if we can continue as a department to work together to address the challenges, then our vision of mental health for all giving priority and greater access to mental health care for all will be realized. Thank you very much, uh, members and the chairperson. Thank you. Thanks uh, very much, uh, MEC. Your surname has been corrected. You are MEC M. Sambata. Siabonga, MEC. Honorable members, we are continuing with our speakers list. I'm now going to call Honorable Dibrain and uh, invite uh, Honorable Jane Yambi to, co to continue with the program. Honorable Dibrain. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Honorable Chair, as stated by members today, we all know the impact of the COVID pandemic on the mental state of South Africans was tremendous, as well as the unfavorable socioeconomic circumstances our citizens faces each day. Through studies and countless reports, we know that more and more South Africans fall victims to one or the other mental disorder yearly in the past decade. It is also a well-known fact that psychiatric institutions across South Africa are severely understaffed and ill-equipped and simply doesn't have the infrastructure and the capacity to deal with the growing demand of mental disorders. But Skokkant is Akbar, voorzitter, is the fact that the for the cadres reeds al bewust is van die feite, maar steeds geen daadwerkelijke of concrete plan ter tafel kan lei om die situasie op te los nie. Sekerlik was daar huilichte in 2013, toe die psychische gezondheidsbeleid raamwerk en strategische beplanning op die been gebring is met die belofte dat dat in 2022 verbetering en verlichting in die verband sou wees. Maar soos oudere gewoonte en typisch onsuksesvolle ANC-projekte is daar ongelukkig geen vrug van sukses gewerk nie. In teendeel was daar nie eers gepoog om die tijdperk van die project te verleng om die tekortkominge daarvan recht te stel nie. En die tijd het eenvoudig net verstrykt en het is daar gelaat. Selfs na die uitbreek van die COVID-pandemie 
wat alle mensen als gevolg van bijkomende druk wees, financiële onzekerhede, isolatie en toekomstonzekerhede, is onzekerhede, geestelijk verwelkend, en daar is kerktoename in selfdoodgevallen, alkoholmisbruik en gesinsgeweld was, was daar geen nieuwe poging of selfs net beplanningsgedoen om die psychische gezondheid van Zuid-Afrikaners te verzekeren. Die meeste en die nie al die psychiatrische centrums en hospitale onder staatsbeheer is in aagelike toestande, met vervallen infrastructuur, een tekort aan toerusting en opgeleide personeel. Die gevallen van aanranding en mishandeling van patiënten in die instanties is kokkend en die algehele hygiënische toestande is kommerwekkend om die minste te sê. En ek wonder wanneer laas ons minister en die LIR hulle self verwerdig het om die instanties te gaan besoek om eerstaans te kan sien wat die omstandighede daar is. Surely the department must realize that 18 beds in mental institutions per 100.000 citizens in South Africa is inadequate to say the least, or that 0,04 psychiatrists per person institutionalized in South Africa is unacceptable, and not to mention the shameful budget allocations to mental health, seeing as one in six persons in South Africa suffer from some form of mental disorder. The fact is, Honorable Chair, the department and the government do realize these facts and challenges. The problem, however, is they simply do not care enough or have the political will to make a real difference. So for the sake of every South African, I plead that the Department of Health takes a responsibility and ensures sufficient budgets, equipment, staff and training for mental health as a whole in South Africa. And please don't continue to forsake the mental health of our people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Dupree. I'll now invite Honorable Philander from the Western Cape. Honorable Philander. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. According to the World Health Organization, depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide. Moreover, it is considered to be a major contributor to the overall global burden of disease, in which 5% of all adults are affected with women being the worst off. It has also become abundantly clear that COVID-19 has worsened the pre-existing challenges we see in South Africa. In 2020, our country ranked 103rd out of 149 on the Happiness Index. A measure of population well-being derived from six factors, the GDP per capita, social support, healthy life expectancy, personal freedom, the goodwill of others, and trust in the government. The COVID-19 crisis has also further heightened the risk factors generally associated with poor mental health. Financial insecurity, unemployment, fear, employment, and educational engagement. Access to physical exercise, daily routine, access to health services. All of this has led to a significant and unprecedented worsening of population mental health. In every country, the decline in mental health has been directly linked to those experiencing financial insecurity, a trend that predates the pandemic, but seems to have accelerated in many cases. And dear Chairperson, we find ourselves asking the same question for the past three years. What is South Africa's decisive efforts to scale up mental health services and what are the measures that the South African government has put in place to protect jobs and incomes? The scale of distress since the start of the pandemic requires a whole of society approach to mental health support. 
high risk groups are those with greater mental health problems, including women, youth and poorer people. In their concluding observations on South Africa in 2018, the UN Committee on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities expressed grave concern regarding the rights of people with psychosocial disabilities. Our medical model of disability and mental health legislation were criticized. Eish, yeah, the needs of women and children were in Can I be protected? Oh, oh. You are protected. Honorable uh, members. Honorable you? You members, please, can we mute? You are protected, Honorable Filand, I'm sorry. Thank you very much, Shane. Our medical model of disability and mental health legislation were criticized and the needs of women and children were emphasized. As Africans, as South Africans, we need to change the way we live so that people with psychosocial disability may also live lives of dignity and well-being. The Western Cape government's recovery plan called on Premier, Premier Alan Windy and the province to address the difficult circumstances that people of the Western Cape are confronted with. This speaks to a caring government that notwithstanding the ever-increasing budget constraints, still needed to assess the great need among all Western Cape residents and to face these challenges head on. This plan reflects the latest research and the impact of COVID-19 had on society. As such, we are able to prioritize those interventions outlined in the provincial strategic plan in order to maximize the positive impact on crucial matters affecting our residents. The Western Cape government outlined four themes in the recovery plan. In terms of COVID recovery, in the midst of the pandemic, existing health services continue with a great focus on implementing improvements in terms of job, the economic impact of COVID-19 has been severe. Recovery is only possible when our economy grows and our citizens are able to generate an income once again. In terms of safety, which is linked to well-being and cannot be achieved if basic human needs are not met. In terms of well-being, the realization of basic human needs of all citizens as reflected in our constitution. Chairperson, for us to be the change, government need to comprehend what life was like pre-COVID and the impact it has on everyday, everyday life moving forward. Quality care must be accessible to all in order to positively impact the lives of all South Africans. Through you, Chairperson, the ANC-led national government has failed our nation dismally during a time in which we needed a caring government to put South Africa first. The South African Social Security Agency reported to the Parliamentary Select Committee on Health and Social Services, Honorable Gillian, that they lost approximately 11 million rand when 31,955 people improperly benefited from the COVID-19 social relief of the, stre the stress grant. This is the grant that was aimed at providing assistance to persons in dire material need that were unable to meet their family obligations, their most basic needs. To this day, we wonder what actions have been instituted against government employees who unlawfully benefited from this grant, and we know nothing as usual. 
I've dealt with factors, Chairperson, concerning and impacting every citizen in this country. And it is once again the Western Cape, which is the only province that has actually dealt with these factors. National government neglect through incompetence and thievery has left no room for the state to even consider the mental health treatment gap in South Africa. As with most things in South Africa, while public policies exist, it fails to be implemented. It is only in the face of tragedy that we saw the strengthening of mental health care after nearly 150 patients died after being moved from the Life Isidamani Hospital to unlicensed facilities in 2017. And as mentioned, Chairperson, by the Deputy Minister Dlomo today, regulations are being concluded five years later, Chairperson. Yet again, these experiences speak to a failing national government. The National Health Insurance Act, which the ANC persists on pursuing, has already shown inconsistency with the strategic plan and its limited integration of men mental health as a priority into the system. South Africa spends 5% of the total health budget on mental health services, equivalent to the lower end of international benchmarks of the recommended amounts countries should actually be spending on mental health. Right now, there is an alarming estimated 92% treatment gap, which means that less than one out of 10 people living with a mental health condition in South Africa receive the care they need. This reflects the reactive mental health care system that is focused on treating the most severe conditions rather than preventing or providing necessary early interventions. Chairperson, mental illness is not a death sentence, and most people who experience mental illness will, if given the right support, be able to recover sufficiently to be able to live and to work and to learn and participate fully in their communities. The Western Cape Government Health Department addresses the growing need for care of patients with mental illness by improving access to treatment and counseling at the primary health care level. In line with the Mental Health Care Act 17 of 2002, various facilities make provision for admissions and have added support, which is provided by the Mental Health Review Board. In the Western Cape, various outreach initiatives are done together with psych psychiatric hospitals and mental health professionals, which include psychiatrists, psychiatric registrars, and psychologists who provide care at clinics, regional and district hospitals, and community healthcare centers. And in addition, the primary healthcare also offers mental health services. Chairperson, the Western Cape is a testament of a caring government in action. And the Western Cape remains the only province which is serious about the well being of all its citizens. I thank you, Chairperson. Honorable Nyambi, are we still in? Honorable Nyambi? Very proceed, Okay, thank you. Uh, advocate, can you assist me? Who is the next in my 
Tablet doesn't want to open. The next speaker, I'll share with you, Honorable Adel. Thanks very much, Advocate Pindela. Honorable Adel, can you please come in? Honorable Chair. Uh, please. Uh, Thank you. Open your mic. Thank you. Uh, the next speaker is Honorable Hadebe. Uh, it's his maiden speech already has done it in the joint sitting. Honorable Hadebe. Thank you, Honorable Chair. I'm not sure if I'm audible. You are audible, Honorable Pungad. Thank you so much, Chair. According to a 2019 article by the South African College of Applied Psychology, about one in six South Africans apparently suffer from anxiety or depression. Unfortunately, the high cost of accessing mental health care services means it is simply not an option for most South Africans. Good mental health and wellness are essential for navigating things well. It helps, it helps us handle stress, relate well to others, and generally make choices that are good for ourselves as well as for society at large. The World Health Organization defines mental health as a state of well-being in which an individual realizes his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively, and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. The World Health Organization further emphasizes that good mental health is more than just the absence of mental disorders or disabilities. In South Africa, universal access for all in respect of healthcare and particularly in those in these uncertain and devastating times since the advent of COVID-19 in respect of mental health care remains of utmost importance. Honorable Chairperson, today marks day 701 of South Africa's declared state of national disaster due to COVID-19 and its resultant lockdown. 701 days ago, the world, as we know, it changed forever, and we have all had to adapt to these changes as best as we can. As a result of forced isolation, social distancing, and house arrest, with the only exception being local grocery shopping, most South Africans faced a lived reality they had never encountered before. Homeschooling and remote work became the norm and many industries such as tourism were brought to their knees. Millions lost their jobs and to this day remain without gainful employment. Financial difficulties increased and millions could not meet their personal debt servicing costs. Attending of funerals were limited and family members were unable to say goodbye to their loved ones who succumbed to the disease. The psychosocial cost experience because of this is much more difficult to qualify, to quantify than the economic losses suffered. It remains hidden within the minds of many and much be acknowledged by this government and in particular the Department of Health. The psychological pain and suffering continue to be exacerbated by the fact that we do not yet have a complete solution to the coronavirus. Vaccines remain experimental with no medical liability on the manufacturers in the event of the de de debilitating side effects and in some cases even deaths. Many costs pose 
many post-COVID sufferers continue to experience the debilitating effects of the coronavirus long after they have recovered. 10% develop what is known as post-COVID syndrome or COVID long hauler syndrome. This could last up to two years and cost a small fortune in respect of medical bills and medication. Symptoms of, love, of long hauler syndrome include mental health issues such as depression, anxiety, psychosis, and mania. Treatment for such conditions is simply not currently available for all South Africans. We remain one most unequal society in the world with high rates of mental health disorders even before the advent of COVID-19. Unemployment was high, crime was out of control, and domestic violence was a common occurrence in many families. COVID-19 only added fuel to the fire. Poverty-stricken South Africans remain the collateral damage of a health healthcare system orientated towards those who have private medical aid or who can afford the exorbitant cost of seeing medical professionals. The cost of Western medication are also exorbitant in this extreme. In the extreme, the question must be asked as to why this government allows such medical profiteering to occur. And more importantly, why South Africans does not have its own South Africa does not have its own medical innovation and research centers to explore both pharmacological and traditional medical solutions. It in, is, is our medical regulator captured by big farmers? This must be investigated. The IFP remains a strong supporter of the principle of universal health coverage. Every person in our country, regardless of their financial situation, has the right to access the quality healthcare services without financial hardships. However, we do not believe that the current proposal by the governing party to create a centralized fund, the National Health Insurance Fund, to procure health services on behalf of the public is the solution. The NHI bill, in our opinion, has serious flaws pertaining to governance aspects, which raises serious questions on, on the constitutionality of the proposal. Furthermore, the governing party has failed to indicate how our country will be able to afford and sustain this very ambitious project. We cannot continue on this path as we urgently need to address the enormous gap in equality of health care provision in our country. We strongly believe that government should first rebuild and invest in existing public health care facilities to ensure receive quality, efficient healthcare services. It is also common knowledge that government has paid very little regard to ensuring adequate access to mental health care services in the public health care sector, especially in rural areas. This must be addressed immediately, Honorable Chairperson. If we have learned anything from this pandemic, it must be that we are being we, we are beings with fragile physical bodies and sensitive minds. We must adopt a holistic approach to universal health care going forward, in which men, mental health care can and must play an integral role. Let us be united in our common united, in our common humanity and strive towards health care for all South Africans, irrespective of race, color, creed, or economic status. I thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you.
The next speaker is the MEC of Mpumalanga, Honorable Manzini, MEC of Health. The Deputy Chairperson of the NCOP, Honorable Ms. Sylvia Lucas, Chief Whip and the Deputy Chief Whip of the NCOP, Honorable Members of the NCOP, Deputy Minister present here, Members of the Executive Council from other provinces, fellow South African. It gives me immeasurable honor to participate in today's debate on mental health, a day after we celebrated the 154th birthday of one of the greatest Pan-Africans to ever live and struggle for social justice and the well-being of Africans, Dr. William Edward Du Bois, who is also respected for being the first African to obtain a PhD from the prestigious Harvard University. Dr. Du Bois was not only a champion of social justice, the overall well-being of Africans, including mental health, but also a teacher on how we should understand and view the world. And amongst other things, he taught us that education is that whole system of human training within and without the school house walls, which molds and development, close quote. I want to make education on mental issues, both formal and informal, the central thesis of my message today. It is important for society to understand and appreciate mental health issues from all angles, especially the causes, impact, and possible ways of overcoming it. It is through educating each other, each and everyone who you use in both formal and informal platform that we can be molded, successfully overcome this cage of mental illness. Uh, Chairperson, I, I allow me to express extreme glee at the fact that South Africans from different corners are starting to highlight the issue of mental illness as of societal problem, which require our collective might to overcome. And this is also demonstrated by the fact that this August House is having a debate on the mental uh, health outside of the traditional debates, which only happen in July, which is recognized as Mental Health Awareness Month. This is progress. We must commend and build from it a solid machinery that will fight mental illness daily in our communities. As highlighted earlier that this debate is extremely important for raising awareness and educating about a devastating impact mental health has on society and the general well-being of our population. Experts say there is a very thin line between normal and abnormal behavior, creating a possibility that all of us might have at one point in our lives suffered from mental illness. The magnitude of this societal problem demands that we participate in today's debate, not as philosophers who Karl Marx argued they have only interpreted the world in various ways. The point, however, is to change it so we should debate not with the aim of only analyzing and educating, but with the higher aim of producing practical and implementable so solutions to overcome the scourge of mental health in our communities. Prof. Karl Seppes, the Dean of Humanities at West University, in his inaugural lecture at West in 2018, recognized mental illness as a real experience that people endure. He also offered an understanding of it being influenced by society as well as culture. In a simple terms, his argument is that one of the greatest contributors to mental health issues are the things we do daily as a way of living and the value system which guides our action daily. At this point, Honorable Chairperson, I will request you to allow me to elaborate 
on the accession by borrowing on the Alliance of Society by President Thabo Mbeki when he de delivered his fourth Nelson Mandela lecture and argued that we need to change our value system through an RTP of the soul. President Mbeki argued open code, it is perfectly obvious that many in our society having absorbed the value system of the capitalist market have come to the conclusion that for them, personal success and fulfillment means personal enrichment at all costs. And the most theatrical and striking public display of that wealth. What this means is that many in our society have come to accept that what is social correct is not proverbial expression. Manner maketh the men, but the notion that each one of us is at excellence a human being as our demonstrated world suggests. This argument correctly locates the contribution of culture and our value system in the high number of, of mental illness we are experiencing as a country. As we speak today, we have more than 10 million South Africans who are willing and able to work but are not finding jobs. It also argues that more than half of our population live in poverty. So it is an inescapable reality that many people will suffer from mental health issues as their desires or what appears necessary for them to be considered as human beings is unrealizable and far from a reach at present moment. This drives from uh, the hopelessness and unmatched levels of mental health issues, which at worst results in people giving up and resorting to action like suicide. This is a clear demonstration of how a porousing culture and value system drives people into mental health issues. As part of educating society about mental health issues, we must reaffirm our original value of Ubuntu amongst our people, which is Acted on a value system which say you are human by making valuable contributions to society and the progress of humanity and not by the depth of your pocket or design clothes that you wear or your car that you drive. The new normal COVID-19 has not only affected the country economically, but also in terms of a lockdown on the strategy to keep this spread, but it also presented us with a new spike in mental health illness as an after effect as most of the people lost their income and those that have to isolate develop uh, some form of mental health care problem, which included depression and anxiety attacks, healthcare. Healthcare workers also suffered from mental and psychosocial well-being. Hence, as a department, as a province, we try to make sure that most of the, our healthcare workers, our frontline workers, we support them so that as much as they are uh, assisting our people in terms of the COVID-19, them themselves are also uh, looked after. This has highlighted the much needed focus on mental health care and for us to pay careful attention to those that suffer from mental health. The recent release of the South African Human Rights Commission report on the status of mental health service on the 28th of March 2019 should cause all of us to pause and reflect on what needs to be done to provide quality rights based on mental health services for the people of South Africa. During the World Health Organization, May 2021 government from around the world recognized the need to scale up quality mental health services at all levels. As government of the day, we have adopted a human rights lens in developing a mental health care, as well as in drafting a national mental health policy framework and strategy plan 2013-2020 that is currently under review. The strategy seeks to address the mental health care services in the country and has put mental health care at the epitome of the departmental priorities. All provinces are to strive in ensuring that 
the said target are met. I'm pleased standing here to report that as a province, we are also committed in ensuring that we meet those targets. Hence, the Honorable Premier has pronounced the building of a psychiatric hospital in Umalanga. This shows the commitment we are having in increasing access to mental health care services. We've also taken a conscious decision that all hospitals that are to be built or refurbished going forward will have a mental health care unit that meets the set standard of care for, of mental health care users. This financial year, we are commencing with the construction of the psychiatric unit in Kwamplanga using the newly approved prototype plans for district hospital. Currently, the department is having 28 hospitals providing the 72-hour mental health care assessment. After 72 hours of assessment, the patient who still needs to be admitted in, is then transferred to the three hospitals, which is our regional hospital, which is Temba, which is Mapulaning, and MLO, where we are having dedicated mental health wards. In increasing the number of beds and access for mental health patients, the province also uh, contracted a sentiment life care that is assisting the province on provision of mental health care services for long-term care and pathetic mental health care services. We are offering bursaries to doctors to go and specialize, building uh, our own cater of specialists. We are expecting to receive the first psychiatrist that has come out of the provincial project. His presence will partly address the need we have of uh, psychiatrists in the province and increase access to mental health care. As you know that we're a rural province, it becomes difficult. Hence, we have taken a decision as a province that let's take our own and make sure that they go and specialize and come back and serve the province uh, of Mpumala. We have advertised the post of the mental health care provincial director to be in line with the recommendation from the National Strategic Plan on Psychiatry and all our sub-districts are having mental health coordinators to strengthen the community mental health care services in the province. As an intervention to community level, following the impact of COVID-19, the province contracted psychologists and registered counselors who are based at primary health care level to ensure that community members are, uh, can access services on mental health counseling in rural areas where they are staying. The quality of mental health care service provided is vital to us, hence the provinces appointed three review boards, one of for each district to provide an oversight on mental health care services and review the quality of care given. The province is striving in ensuring that all communities are also empowered on understanding and preventing mental health illness through community campaigns and community dialogues. We agree 10% that mental health services in South Africa need radical transformation to provide significantly improved access and quality of care to patients and the population at large. These align with your call, our call for movement towards universal health coverage, which provide an opportunity for strengthening mental health services. Practically, this means that as we design our national health insurance system, we need to agree on a package of mental health services to be provided, including a focus on prevention and wellness at each level of care. Equally, we need to deal with the social uh, determinants of mental illness with an intersectoral focus on reduction level of poverty and inequality, increasing gender equity, improving access to employment and educational opportunities, and decreasing level of interpersonal uh, violence. I have already mentioned that we are having only 27% of South Africans with severe mental disorder receiving treatment. One of the contributing factors being the stigma associated with mental health care services. 
Honorable Chairperson, scholars define stigma as the mark of disgrace because of stereotype and misunderstanding. The fundamental question is how to be, to, do we break the vicious circle of stereotype and misunderstanding? A simple act of uh, cyber bullying and also internet can easily result to loss of life. And we have to, to see happening, especially for school children at the adolescent age. Hence, our program will go down from primary level because we can assume that children they can't have mental programs, hence our, our, our program goes down to at the level of children. In the society, mental health is stigmatized more than prevailing challenges that human can face. We need to change this, and we appeal to the nation and members of the community to tackle mental health-related issues with extreme caution. We as leaders and lawmakers, as well as stakeholders, mental health care fraternity needs to join heads and double our effort in dispelling the myth, misinformation and stigma associated with mental health care. People suffering from mental health are not met for, as, as the stigma goes. We need to dispel this urban leakage and we stand a good chance to win the, the, the fight against mental health care if we join hands and dispel as, as communities and as the people of South Africa. The fight of mental health and stigmatization should start in our communities and school in particular. Institution of learning should include mental health care in their curriculum. I'm happy that in the province, we know that they are also having dedicated people, especially the level of high institution of learning, of which we want to partner with the, uh, the, the, the CEO of the TVET to make sure that we take the program as a province, also at the TVET level, so that when we start there, even those ordinary people at the community level will be able to understand that it can happen to anyone, young and old. So this is where our programs are going to go. For a few weeks ago, Chairperson, I visited um, one of our uh, facility in Belfast, yeah, Tutuka in Belfast, and I found out that there are close to 90 mental health care users who were discharged to be integrated into the community because they were assisted uh, to be able to function well at the community setting. But their families are not accepting them back. Some of their families are no longer uh, a, a trace, and I mean, and I'm aware that this is now a social issue that we are trying with our social workers to resolve it. My point here is that we cannot have communities who are stigmatizing one of their own because of mental illness. That can affect anyone uh, at any time. We need to be able to embrace each other. So families need to play a, a very important role for us to be able to deal with mental health in, in the province. One of the misconstrued we need to dismiss, to dismiss with the concept deserve is that being admitted to a psychiatric hospital means having your freedom taken away and being secluded from society. In fact, this will allow patients to appreciate, to have an encounter with those that may be experiencing the same related challenges. It also gives the person time to, recoll to recollect himself or herself with the support of experts who are dealing with the mental health issues. Chair, there is a thin line between mental health and gender-based violence. Most victims of gender-based violence experience horrific abuse at the hands of those that ought to protect and incubate them. Most often than not, victims of gender-based violence take time to heal from the brutal uh, ordeal that they experience. Some of them mental health challenges are engineered and are consequence of gender-based violence. As a province, we are happy that our uh, Department of Community Safety, Security and Liaison are able to go and make sure that they work with the victim of gender-based violence and also department will work with them so that we are able to deal with mental health in a province. That is why we mobilize all sundry and while we deal with the mental health challenges, which is undoubtedly one of the most brutal silent killers. Let us tackle the struggle 
of the gender-based violence pandemic, we need to strengthen our system in all sides to identify, monitor, and report suspect act of gender-based violence if we seriously of overcoming mental health challenges. The World Health Organization has advised that, as I quote, during times of stress, pay attention to your own needs and feelings. Engage in health activities that you enjoy and find relaxing. Exercise regularly, keep regular sleep routine and eat healthy food. Keep things in perspective. That's a calling of all uh, to preach this message to our communities and society at large so that those with healthcare sectors to encourage everyone to heed the call from the World Health Organization for their own mental health well-being. Chairperson, as I conclude, uh, I want to end by quoting Dwayne Johnson, popularly known as The Rock, who said, I found with depression, one of the most important things you can realize is that you are not alone. You are not the first to go through it. You are not going to be the last to go through it, close quote. Thank you very much, Honorable Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable MC Manzini. The next speaker is Honorable Lund. Honorable Lund. Good afternoon, Chair and Honorable Ministers and Honorable Members. As is often the case with debates such as this, there are many valid points made by speakers across the political spectrum. If I just came to this country and I didn't know much about its history, I would have been encouraged about the bipartisan approach that this debate is taking. In a, if I may use the term, Honorable Mazzini, in a normal society, there would still be thousands, if not millions of individuals who struggle with various mental health challenges. Unfortunately, in our beloved country, it cannot be described and we cannot be described as normal. We have one of the highest unemployment rates in the world. This is even worse among the youth. The mental turmoil that millions of South Africans have to go through because they cannot find a decent job to look after their loved ones. It is not normal and it is not acceptable. The constant strain South Africans are under whenever they step out of their homes, having to be vigilant for their own safety because of a violent and dangerous society. This is not normal and it is not acceptable. Even worse, this strain we are under is often experienced in our very own homes. This is definitely not normal and not acceptable. The despair, because the leaders in the majority of towns, provinces, and the leaders of this country seem not to care. They only look after their own corrupt interests and those close to them. This is not normal and this is not acceptable. Linked to the first point of unemployment, the anxiety that comes with poverty and how that translates to future generations with an education system that is generally skewed to cater for those who have instead of those who have not. The fact that children, through, through their own ability and hard work, will generally struggle to lift themselves out of their circumstances due to an incompetent and corrupt education system. This is not normal and this is definitely not acceptable. If you or your loved ones become sick in this country, South Africans must hope and pray that maybe there's an open bed, an available medical professional that is not at the end of his or her tether and hopefully available medication, all because our health, health system has been allowed to deteriorate more and more over the years. This is not normal and this is not acceptable. We are being abused as a country by the current leadership. 
a leadership that do not value and a leadership that do not appreciate that this country belongs to all of us who live in it. It's not normal and it is not acceptable. There is, however, hope. We have an opportunity to care for one another. We have an opportunity to look after the well-being of one another. It is normal and it is acceptable to change the trajectory of our country. It is not normal that we ignore all the strain we are put under. We must face up to this. Honorable members, all of the beautiful words we have said today, it cannot become reality unless we change the way the current government operates. Therefore, it is normal and it is acceptable to register to vote because only when we will have a change in national government will we have a caring government that uses state resources to look after the most vulnerable, the most vulnerable of the most vulnerable, which are those that suffer with mental health. It is normal and it is acceptable to look after those individuals as it should be. I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Lund. I'll now invite Honorable Nchabele. Honorable Nchabele. Uh, thanks, thanks, uh, thanks, uh, Honorable Chairperson, and let me take this opportunity to to say uh, good afternoon or good evening to uh, the team from the Ministry of Health, led by the DM, uh, Dr. Romo, uh, the Chairperson of the NCOP, uh, you know, the the chairs of chairs, and you know, the, the team of the NCOP <clears throat> and all the MECs who gave uh, their inputs uh, from their provinces. Chairperson, uh, it is an imperative of our constitutional democracy that we, that we need to ensure that all our people uh, reach their full potential and uh, have equal opportunities. Uh, social transformation is anchored on ensuring that our people are able to liberate themselves. Uh, Chairperson, I was listening to Honorable Lon, and uh, for some time, I agreed with some of the things he was saying, raising, that shows concern that as a South African, we see South Africa as a whole, as one country, as one country, and that the solutions that we come with will be the solutions that will uh, be able to benefit all South Africans, regardless of where they stay which corners of, of South Africa they live in. But then he got lost in the process because of his hatred of the African National Congress. That uh, then he he misses the point and and joined the waiting team. Uh, <clears throat> listening to members who were, who were debating here, uh, there were points raised by Honorable Bacha. Uh, Honorable Bacha, the ECD many. Um, the ACT many will always remain as a, as, a, as a sad moment in our history. And that um, what we need to do is what do we do from here going forward to ensure that what happens does not recur. Um, the deputy minister leading the, 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 the ministry, he mentioned, um, you know, 
steps that they are taking as a department to ensure that we turn around uh, the Department of Health, particularly the the mental health uh, area that we are debating upon. Um, And that the challenge with us is um, how do we, as members of political, as leaders of political parties, and as members of parliament, and at the same time, as a society as a whole, through NGOs and other uh, 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 mass-based organizations in the country, how do we input on this, uh, uh, to this uh, task team that is established to turn things around? That should be our, everybody's concern on how do we reach this body and make our inputs to it. But instead of doing that, we, we just go on criticizing and not coming up with solutions. The, the critical question in this debate, Chairperson, uh, uh, in the context of this debate is, what is government and society, uh, what is government and society doing, uh, broadly should do in order to create a, con- a conducive environment <clears throat> to harness the human potential of all South Africans in the midst of declining economic opportunities. The rise in the increase in unemployment, growing poverty, and deepening inequality. Um, this deepening inequality is so glaring in the Western Cape Chairperson, where you can actually see where black people live. You know, that is where the poor people live, poor infrastructure and all. You look at the Western Cape uh, in terms of, you know, how people live in that province. Everybody want to talk about the Western Cape. The first thing that comes to my to mind is drug trafficking, drug abuse, gangsterism, and and all this, and all this combined with the economic depression will lead to challenges in mental in in mental in in mental health. Um, the social reality of all South Africans cannot be isolated from the economic reality of all South Africans. Unemployment and poverty are one of the factors which induces a lot of depression for youth, in particular those young people who have to, uh, at an early age, after losing their parents, take responsibility of being parents, and having to fend for themselves and their siblings. This also could lead to a severe depression and mental health challenges for the children. And this is not only happening in, 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 in Houting or other problems. It also happens in, in the Western Cape where the unemployment is also high. You know? uh, and this will call for a multi-dimensional intervention on the casual factors which contribute to mental health, which is a result of external factors rather than medical or biological factors. Um, I, I, I want to refer uh, our friends from the DA uh, to listen to, to, this, to, to, to listen to what um, one of who 
who placed mental health as a, as a core focus. She highlighted key issues in, in order to address mental health. The effects here advances are critical, which inform us that one, one of the most challenging things about mental health is that it is not spoken about enough. Mental health conversations are needed in order to promote well-being and to diagnose. One in four people are expected to suffer from mental health issues in their lifetime. This is what Miss, former Miss South Africa say. Uh, and she says again, there's a common misconception that mental illness do not affect the children. It is difficult to identify a mental illness until you know how to look for it. Uh, separating the, the person from the illness is key to ending the stigma. One common sign of mental illness is that the daily activities you, you do becomes hard uh, to achieve. That's when you know that it's creeping in. Working environments are also another factor which contributes to stress and frustrations, which results in mental health uh, challenges for many employees. It is for this reason that health and wellness divisions in all workplaces are a necessity in, in, in this regard. Part of responding to mental health is through ensuring that all workplace health and wellness units focus on the mental health of their workers. The call for, for psychosocial support in our schools is another call which should be realized. Because in schools, children experience bullying and various pressures, which, which are also induced by inequalities. A child coming from a, a child who comes from a family where they live in a shack and they share a room being five will be different from, from a child who has a room to, 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 to him or herself. Uh, the nation was in pain last year when a learner from Limpopo Mbilui, uh, Mbilui High committed suicide due to bullying. Uh, what is evident is that bullying is not only located in schools, but also broadly in society. Abuse and gender-based violence are among some of the factors which contribute to mental health. Um, Chairperson, the, 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 the persons with uh, mental illnesses should be supported in our society and all should not be treated as a discriminate, in a discriminatory manner. Ensuring that all our health facilities and special, and, special, and special schools have the necessary facilities to support persons with psychiatric problems is critical. Government needs to intentionally streamline persons with mental illnesses into productive economic opportunities. Um, at least oh, all these uh, socioeconomic infections uh, uh, and contributing exacerbating mental health health problems. Social media platforms, cyberbully, and 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 crass materialism is another growing phenomenon which, is, which feeds into social pressure amongst the youth 
and those in the social media platforms. Cyberbullying, particularly in social media platforms, have destroyed many lives and led to many into the path of depression, uh, whilst others have committed suicide. of the portfolio of education meet meetings where a kid in the Western Cape, I mean in the Eastern Cape, committed suicide because of bullying. Because she was, she had uh, ancestral spirits and she was seen as being evil. So that is another form of bullying that leads to mental illness that leads to people committing suicide. The United Nations International Children's Emergency Fund define cyberbullying as bullying with the use of digital technologies. Um, it, um, it takes place, it does take place uh, on social media, messaging platform, gaming platforms, and mobile phones. It is repeatedly, it is repeated behavior uh, aimed at scaring, engaging, uh, angering, or shaming those who are targeted. Examples will include Chaperson um, spreading lies about or posing embarrassing photos of or videos of, of someone on social media. Um, another one will be sending hurtful, uh, hateful, abusive, or threatening messages, images or videos via messaging platforms. Impersonating someone and sending mean messages to others on their behalf or through fake accounts. We have all experienced this. We have seen it in social media. There were people who, who post as others, insulting others you know, uh, on social media. It is important that families and various social institutions such as schools, religious organizations and civil society join efforts of supporting mental health affected persons. Um, the, a, a, a societal response to mental health problems will first and foremost require awareness of the people. Our interaction as human beings should be guided by values of compassion and solidarity. This means that when someone looks distressed or is frustrated in our homes, in our schools, in our churches, in the mosques, at our workplace, in parliament, and other spaces of close interaction, we should always be concerned about the well-being of others. Uh, the spirit and value of Ubuntu, which have characterized the civilization of, 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 of Africa, should be reinvigorated in our society. Our civilization should encompass high level of social relations and harmony, which remains an imprint of Africa and its renaissance. In order to respond to problems of mental health, a comprehensive approach to addressing mental health through creating a conducive socioeconomic condition is critical. This means that the agency of implementing the economic re reconstruction and recovery plan should be ex expedited to change the living conditions of the marginalized who are strained by their conditions. Yes, yeah, I was just saying that Chairperson, um, the, the MEC Mamukheti from Houten has summarized it by saying that mental health is a responsibility 
of all citizens of this country, and I thank you. Thank you, Honorable Nchapele. Allow me, thank you, Honorable Members. Allow me now to invite Honorable Dr. Jomo, who's uh, MEC of Health in our beloved South Africa. Honorable Dr. Jomo. Uh, sorry, Chairperson, I'm not the MEC for health. <laughs> I'm saying, Honorable Deputy Minister, Honorable Dr. Jomo. I'm sorry if I said MEC, uh, Deputy <laughs> Minister. Sorry, GM. What's in the name after all, Chair? What's in the name? What's in the title? Hey, Honorable Dr. Chocolate, let's allow the GM. Yes, no, thank you very much, Chairperson. And the uh, I would like to thank all the members who participated in this debate. It is actually clear that uh, from this debate that mental health is a critical matter in priority across various sectors in our society. But before I just deal with all my closing remarks, I wanted just to start by saying I, I want to give Honorable Lutule a benefit of doubt that probably she logged in late. She had not heard my speech because she, she then said there is no strategy. Uh, on the issue of mental health. There is, Honorable Lutuli, who can forward it to you and look at it and find it uh, uh, worthwhile to read. To Honorable Bach, yes, it is true, Honorable Bach, I agree with you, it's the worldwide phenomenon <clears throat> where we seem not to be paying much service to mental health. And that is why I think this debate was critical because all of us, not just South Africa, the whole world, is really behind in terms of dealing is living its best on terms of that. But I want to say, yes, maybe life as it many was a turning point for our country. I was an MEC for helping was not at that time. The minister, the former minister of health, Dr. Tamtualeti, called all of us as MECs to actually unpack that situation. And from that day onwards, we knew now that we we, we then knew that uh, we have to do something very different about mental health. So all the programs that MECs have outlined here actually have actually been accelerated, especially after SCD many. So we would want to say, as we are saying, we should not have any uh, again in it. Uh, I, I think it was unfortunate uh, the comment from Honorable Lund, uh, because um, from our debate, we're also raising that um, issues of uh, migrant, worker, migrant workers has an impact on them. Um, on mental health. And now there is no, uh, this is a privilege that white males never had. And probably from his society, he has not been aware that a lot of us were raised by single moms, not because our parents were not there. Our fathers were in the mines and therefore we had to actually, that sequelae of a mental illness in families, in children who are raised by single parents because this uh, apartheid government had decided that all males who are black must go into the mines. It's something that we must not underestimate. It had an impact. It was a very inhumane uh, process. And uh, I think I want to also uh, to say some of us are, are, are learned coming in from an, a, a system that was a band to stand that a white a white man would never understand what it is, what impacts it has. And all that again, those inequalities had a sequel in terms of poverty and unemployment that we see. While we, while we covered some ground on mental health and substance abuse, particularly on legislative and policy development, it is imperative that we put systems in place to improve 
continue to improve. Yes, COVID-19 has eliminated some of those gaps. We need to actually move with speed to actually adopt a public health approach in order to comprehensively respond to the social determinants of mental health. This includes poverty, illiteracy, unemployment, and inequality. We have highlighted that mental health promotion and prevention of mental illness is a game changer. And that's why we talk about the public health approach. This includes the public education initiatives to improve knowledge about mental health and illnesses, reduction of stigma, and also what Honorable MSC Manzin was talking about, the gender-based violence. We further recognize the need to improve the mental health uh, human resource capacity. And we are concerned about these issues, Honorable Chair, and therefore that is why we continue to work on this. And I actually was happy that MECs were, were here indicating their strengths and their programs in the various departments uh, in various provinces. I just want to end by uh, really cautioning Honorable Hadebe uh, of the IFP in his maiden speech, uh, that uh, the National Health Insurance Bill is still to come to the NCOP. It is it's still at the level of uh, 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 National Assembly. And uh, I am surprised to hear what he's saying, because uh, as a former chairperson of that portfolio committee, we had a support of the National Health Insurance from the IFP members in the National Assembly. Anyway. Uh, I would not want to debate that, but I just want to raise it to that. That is an equalizer. And national health insurance will be an equalizer of all these inequities, all these uh, uh, abnormalities that we see in health, where the haves will always be privileged. And we want to say health will be a public good, including mental health will be a public good that is actually not going to be accessed by those who have money and those who do not have. So that is actually embedded in that policy, including uh, the mental health. So I think I want to say, as I close, we take all the concerns, all the comments that were raised by the members. They are very constructive, quite a lot of them, but some of them, yes, were just politicking, which we can always discard. But those that are very constructive, which we got from the members, as a department, we are going to take make use of them in advancing and improving our, we never said as a government or as an ANC, we have all the wisdom. We welcome these ideas, we'll take them all on board, Honorable Chair, and I thank you very much for holding this debate in the NCOP. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable uh, Deputy Minister uh, Dr. Zomo. Honorable Delegates, that concludes the business of the day. I wish to thank the Deputy Minister, Honorable Dr. Jomo, Special Delegates, our MECs from our respective provinces, Salga representatives for availing themselves for this very important debate. The House is now adjourned. Thank you very much. Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Recording stopped. Hello, I'm just going to